guys, welcome to Cleveland Nutter Podcast number 386. Whoop, whoop. Light them up. And they're lit. <laughs> that nice bong rip there, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Very, very cool. Uh, it is just, we're just in that power point of August, that, that point of August where you're like, we've had ridiculously good weather while the rest of the planet has been either in a dead, deadly drought or literally underwater. Our friends in Dallas, our people in, in Middle East are all being flooded and changing their entire worlds. And yet we we don't want to say much because I've been riding to work every day for two weeks yeah. in a row. It's been cold though in the morning, like a little bit. Like not net, not in a okay, bad way. all right. I think it's wonderful. Well, it's yeah. seven a.m. Yeah, yeah. It's seven a.m. It's like I would I would think I left at forty eight degrees or fifty. I degrees. love any excuse to wear my gear. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I've got a I own tons of motorcycle gear. Yeah. And so if I have an excuse to put on all my motorcycle gear, because what happens up until this point is uh Johnny no helmet. Yeah. You know, my safety flip flops. Right, uh, my DOT Crocs, like all that stuff comes out, and you're like, you drive to work, and you're like, man, I, I don't want anybody to see me driving to work like this because my customers would be like, you tried to sell me a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just got done listening to you tell me how important helmets were, and yet I'm rocking around, uh, you know, all flangrante. So to my immediate left, Oscar, and to his immediate left, Steve Sleepy, and to his Chris Smith, and to his. Johnny Mac. Johnny Milka Fresh. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was while we took a week off, and we'll get into a little bit about why we took a week off, but while we took a week off, I decided to go back to the vaults, and it's always fun to grab a, an episode out of the vaults and pull them up. And so the episode that we brought forward was episode number 17. Now, this is a fun one to listen to. You go back, and, and if you're listening to this one right now, if you missed that one, go back and listen to it. I dropped it the other day, but the reason it's significant is it's from March 16th or the Ides of St. Paddy's Day or the St. Paddy's Day Eve. Mm -hmm. St. Paddy's mm -hmm. Day Eve is the right way to put it. Yeah. And Renee and I had just gotten back from the Piaggio Dealer Expo in California, right? When they, back in the old days, they used to really throw down, like they would get a haul and they would bring in entertainment and Kenny Chesney and whoever the fuck, you know, it was a big deal. And Jay Leno was there. And they really, really brought out, and, and their idea was, we give you your wine and we give you your cheese, and we have a ceremony to talk about how great this dealer is or that dealer is, and we bring out all the new bikes. But then at some point, after all the wine and the cheese, then we set you down and go, now let's yeah. talk about your numbers. Yeah. How many you want? <laughs> and, uh, and you go, yeah, I, I knew this was coming. And you have your meeting with your rep, and your rep goes, well, you, you did a pretty good job last year. <laughs> and But we think you can do better. <laughs> and you're like, oh, boy. And so last year, you took uh, 160 bikes. That's really good. And you know you got us this much market share in your area. And you're like, I don't, don't tell me about market share. Right. That's a number your marketing assholes have come up with. That's not a real number. And then they tell you, okay, you did 160 last year, but we want you to do 190 this year. I had 100% of the market share of Vespa scooters in my area. Well, I always do. <laughs> right. And in fact, it's really funny because sometimes they'll say things like, well, Cleveland Moto had 160% of the market share. <laughs> 
And oh, we're really? like, yeah, because we sell outside of Cleveland too. Okay. Right. So it's a very funny thing that. percent of Cleveland and. And then all around us too. That's so a lot of penetration. We get we get serious penetration around here. Cleveland yeah. Moto works sixty percent time, one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> and so it's always really funny. And so when a lot of dealers would be stressing out about having their meeting and how many bikes that they were being told to order. We would generally be having a good time mm-hmm. just laying into the free nachos and free steaks and whatever <laughs> real super hard and be like, can we get a mariachi band over here? We need a mariachi band over here by the Lazy River. Yeah. And we'd have too much fun because we always kind of knew that no matter what Vespa would tell us to order or Aprilia would tell us to order or Motoguzzi would tell us to order, very rarely could they actually get us the number that we requested. Uh, isn't this where the term go fuck your hat it was originated. one of the very beginning ones, yeah. It was it was one of the actual first times where I had to trot that phrase out. Uh, so would they have you down for more than you really want? Well, there's it's always this battle. So it's always this battle. And imagine if we said for the sake of interest that your business this year did 25% better than the business did last year. Well, we would all be very happy with that. I, I would think that's yeah. a really good mm-hmm. business. Yeah. And then uh, if you look back and you said, well, the year before that, we did 25% better. You're like, oh, fuck, whoa, two years, 25% each year? Jesus Christ. Now, only an asshole would say that next year we expect you to do 25% better. Or a distributor. Let me introduce you to the assholes, (laughs) right? So they would do that every year. And it would be like, well, you guys who are telling me that I should have grown my business 75% in three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. You didn't grow your business 75% in three years. In fact, you lost 15%. So when you're talking about my numbers and my market share, let me pull up your numbers and your market share. And let me show you how my company's done 25% better in our city, but you've lost 5% for your shareholders. You're like, check yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're carrying their water. And that's exactly what it is. And so for every dealer that underperforms, we're overperforming. And that's a normal thing. But what happens in these things is they go, okay, well, we're going to ask our best dealers for 25% more and really put the screws to them. Hoping to get and then, eight. And then these other guys, they can all lose 5% or 10%. It's no big deal. But we've always been very happy with what we've done. And we've always been also, there was a year when we didn't feel like we were being treated very well. And so that when we went to the dealer meeting, we fucking dressed up. And this is a dealer meeting where people wear shorts and t-shirts the entire time. We didn't sport coats, nice pants, good shoes, the whole thing the entire time. (laughs) And, and people are like, you've been to the, you've been to these before. Why are you dressed that way? You know, sure. We're at, sure. We're at the Hyatt Regency, you know, uh, talk to my attorney, right? You know, here we are in San Antonio, you know, the whatever the back River country Water. river. Well, yeah, exactly. So here we are at this place. But why are you guys dressed up so nice? And I was like, well, because we did 1.3 million with this company last year, and we'd like to remind them about that. Uh, we want to look like a million bucks because we are literally a million bucks, and that's what we would do. And so we would remind them about the the quantity of their business that happened in this bullshit town called Cleveland. Right. And so we've always really overperformed for our district, for our area. And that's, you know, that's been a hard, it's hard work on our part, but we love it. But why I thought this particular podcast was fun because we were right on the heels of coming back from the meeting and we had gotten to see some shit. 
I mean, we really had gotten to see some fun stuff at the dealer meeting and some stuff that really never manifested itself or conjured itself into the universe. And one of the ones that I really love looking back in the Wayback Machine and saying, this is the one that we should have gotten. And then there's the one we shouldn't have gotten. So the one that we should have gotten was the Aprilia SRV 850. Mm. And that is an 850cc motor out of the MANA, the MANA V-Twin, liquid-cooled fucking V-Twin 850. A whole lot of horsepower in the form of a scooter. And not an ugly scooter, a pretty fucking cool-looking scooter by yeah. all, you know. Biggest, by, yeah. comfiest seat you could ever ask for. It really is the biggest, comfiest seat you could ever ask for. And even when they don't film it at Dutch angles, it still looks pretty goddamn good, <laughs> right? You know, so it is kind of a fun thing, right? So we're we're looking at this and going like, yeah, this is this is cool, you know. And so that was one of the things that they tempted us with, right? And they tempted us with that bike. They they really were laying it into us about how we were going to get that bike for the American market. And I have to tell you, friends, that in 2012, that would have made me a very fucking happy boy. I mean, uh, to have an 850cc powerhouse, 150 mile per hour scooter would have been pretty cool. Uh, We didn't get that. That's not what we got. Nope, we didn't get that. But in the podcast, I went on record pretty loud about saying, but what they did show us was an artist's, like a clay and fiberglass mock-up of a Vespa scooter that, although Art Deco sexy, right? And it is Art Deco sexy. Mm -hmm. um, An Art Deco sexy scooter. But I was like, my friends from San Diego and I, Robot, Bailey, we all were wandering around at 2, 3 in the morning, which is what we do at the hotel, at the resort. And you know, when you're wandering around at two or three in the morning, what you're kind of doing is you're pulling doors to see what opens, right? (laughs) You're literally just pulling on doors to see what the fuck opens. And while we were pulling on doors to see what what opens, the one door that opened was for the grand ballroom where they were having the unveiling of the super secret product for 2013. (laughs) And sitting up on the dais, sitting up on the stage, was this chrome Airstream silver looking bastard, right? And when we saw that thing, we were just, we were gobsmacked because one, it does, it looks like it's made out of like stainless steel. The whole bike looked like it was made of stainless steel because of that, that silver, you know, that silver color. And we were just blown away. I mean, we were convinced this bike was never going to get made. No fucking way. The comp, the curves were too complicated. Everything was weird. And we were looking at it and we figured out that it had 150 CC motor in it, but there's no underseat storage area. It's, it's, there's never been anything more art deco. Cantilever seat. Everything. Yeah. yeah seriously. It was, it was too outside of their usual yeah. structure and frame. It was shape and everything. Yeah. And it was to the point of being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was just like a ridiculous. concept scooter. Yeah. Yeah, it was really just a concept scooter. and But we thought, there's no way we're going to have this. And in fact, Bailey, Robot, and I went and did the, we committed the cardinal sin. We went and sat on it. <laughs> and that was when we discovered that it wasn't actually a load-bearing device. Oh, it was shit. just an artist's sculpture. 
And we may have, <laughs> and if you look at this picture, you'll see that it is very clearly on a pedestal. And that beautiful <laughs> silver finish and everything else. That's why they kept the doors locked. Yeah. Well, when we sat on it, it made a fucking noise that I can best describe as expensive. <laughs> and so we decided very sheepishly to get off the bike, but not before we took one picture to be like, we were here. Yeah, right. So we took the picture that proved that we were breaking the rules. (laughs) And this is the bike that I said they would never build. And they fucking built it. And not only did they build it, but that 150cc scooter that was called the 946, you know, after it's a historical number, you know, for old Vespas. Not only did they build it, but when every other Vespa that's 150ccs was $5,000, this one was $10,000. It had all of the weight of a 300 and all the power of a 150. I don't know why it didn't sell more. (laughs) But to show you how dumb I am and to show you how off target I was back in year of our Lord 2012, not only did they build it, they're still building it. Mm -hmm. But the only way you can get this thing is by buying the Christian Dior. And that is literally (laughs) the only way to buy that bike is to buy the Christian Dior Vespa 946. And that Christian Dior Vespa 946 will set you back in American dollars. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. $22,000. And you can only buy the accessories at the Christian Dior dealers, at the Christian Dior boutiques. <gasps> That's awful. And uh, <laughs> we have sold zero of them. Thank goodness they didn't make me carry one and have one here. So you um, never had one here? We've never had one here. I remember seeing it in, in the San Diego shop because yes. it was before I moved. Yep. Um, I remember seeing that down there when they first came so out. Any, if any of you are baller out there if, in yeah, podcast yeah. land. If John, you I, was, know, I was just talking to John on Saturday about like I had 23000 bucks laying around <laughs> I had nothing to do with. Oh, man. I might have. We yeah. guarantee that if you buy this for $23,000. Yeah. Tell us more. It will be worth significantly less. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So will they, will they ever appreciate? I mean, is it so? Expensive? The bike was launched in 2021. Yeah. It's 2022, and they still have many left over. Okay, uh, it is tasteless. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's a tasteless scooter. It has gold trim and Christian Dior logos and golden mirrors. And it's it's just a, it's it's a, a fucking piece of shit. It's a, how's, it, how's it compared to the Justin Bieber? Oh yeah, I was well, just gonna bring well, that. Well, and yeah. that's you know, and it's you, a bougie fucking. It's a bougie scooter. bougie bike, right? Yeah. And it really is. You know, Vespa has always done these um, these designer one offs, right? So they, they they've always done these designer one offs, and they're usually astronomically expensive. But the Christian Dior is taking it, and this is a bike that, by all rights, when this bike existed. In 2020, in its own, without the word Christian Dior on it, right. you couldn't order it. It was done. They were done doing it. They, they'd realized, tail between their legs, nobody's buying this bike at $10,000 for a 150cc bike. Yeah. And then Christian Dior, they comes along and goes, okay, well, if you, if you can't sell 10 of them for 10000 you sell 20 of them for 20000 <laughs> <laughs> Well, but that would be logical. Instead, with our name on it, I think so. they, I think they got to rebrand it and slap like a, a, a Doja Cat or Do Lippas or whatever her name well, is. Well, oh. for those who are curious, 
there's one market where this is doing very well. And I watch these Thailand Vespa videos. <laughs> and in some of these Thailand Vespa rally videos, they get, get together and ride their Vespas. I have seen no less than three of these show up at one event. I'm sure. Yeah. Really? It's crazy. But you mentioned our friends in San Diego. Yeah. So within a day of this bike being launched, right? San Diego's different. There are people in San Diego to whom $22,000 yeah. is nothing but a rounding error, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so right off the tick, this guy came in and said, oh, wow, Christian Dior, 22 grand a piece, I'll take two. And so our friends in San Diego was like, holy shit, that just happened. <laughs> now, here's the funny thing. You know that if you were selling a, a pizza or you're selling a hat, the manufacturer says how much man, margin you're going to make on the pizza or on the hat, right? Yeah. So on this Vespa, in every Vespa, we're looking at any Vespa in the world, you're looking at about a 14% profit margin. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So when you're selling a Mm $22,000 scooter, you, the dealer, should be making about $3,000 if your margin holds true. Sure. Sure. Not on this one, folks. I'm sorry, but the dealer on this one doesn't make 14% margin. The dealer on this makes a flat rate of $1,200. What? So not only are you have to carry this motherfucker on your floor plan for $22,000. When you do sell it, you're going to get a third of the margin you're supposed to get or a portion of the margin you're supposed to, margin that you're supposed to get. Well, that's just dumb. Well, our friends who sold two of them right quick in a hurry were like, well, that was fantastic. We should order like six more. Oh, no. 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 I don't think they yeah, ordered. it's easy to get I don't think three they, times in a row. I don't think they ordered six more, but I do know they ordered more. And I do know that they will they will regret that decision. Yeah. So it is a tough thing because you do get that, you know, right out of the cannon. And that, that was the joke. It's like, that didn't happen with the Bieber. Right. So let's wander down the rabbit hole of today's activity. So today we had this gentleman show up at our shop who's of a certain nature. He wears that red hat with a clever saying on it. And uh, so he shows up in our shop and he has red hat with a clever saying on it. And he hasn't bought anything from our store in ever. And, uh, but he likes to come in and look at the pretty Vespas and that kind of thing. And he's been around and people know him and stuff, right? So don't tell me those cars, cars, uh, communist scooters. I don't like those scooters. Way worse than that. So we're going (laughs) to, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. So again, he comes in and he's that, you know, 70 year old white male. Oh yeah. Carrying an extra 200 pounds. And got that red hat on with a funny saying. Squishy glasses, like the sunglasses or no? I don't know. No? No, no. He basically looks like if a pig and a human crossbred. (laughs) He's very pink in color. So anywho, he comes in. And of all the bikes in here, and as we see, there's about 130 bikes around us. Of all the bikes in here, there was only one bike he was interested in. Oh. And we had clients in here. We had customers in here buying a bike. who, Who, by the way, did not overlook his red hat because you know he wants to have conversations about that oh sure right and we're all not going to play into that right so as he's going around the shop looking at things giving unsolicited advice on things that my customers really don't need to hear from and i just want him to leave because you know he bought a vespa in 2007 used from somebody else oh good right yeah that's it anyway well you should definitely always service him and make sure he's happy super happy so anyway so he walks up to the Justin Bieber Vespa, oh, no. which is white, 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 <laughs> white, and white. Oh, yeah. It's and he goes, 
I got to say, I'm looking at all the bikes in here, and this is the only one I like. Really? Because like, it's the only one that comes with a fucking pointy hood. Yeah. Right? Are you <laughs> shitting me? This is, if this bike were tuned and had a performance engine, you'd have to call it white power. You couldn't call it anything else. And it was what he was into. And I said, I said, really, that's the one you like. And he goes, that's the one I like. And I go, that's your favorite of this entire room full of bikes. That's the one I like. You know what that is? What is that? Um, that's the Justin Bieber. Well, what's Justin Bieber? Baseball player. Oh, should have sold the fucking thing. <laughs> uh, and not, but I, I was like, and he goes, well, how much is it? And I said, well, it's 1200 more than the regular one. That isn't white, 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 white. But you're getting all these accessories that have never existed in the Vespa world before. You're getting things on the bike that don't exist, that are easily worth over $1,000 if you tried to one at a time parts order them. And then if you buy the bike, my dealer rep has sent me a list of all the black parts that you can replace the white parts <laughs> with so it will actually not look filthy all the time, right? And you know that's a great sign is when your manufacturer gives you a bike that is a special custom limited edition, one of only so many. And within 30 days of you getting that bike, they send you a parts list <laughs> so you can unfuck the design of that bike and take away the white grips and the, the white floor rails. I was about to say and that, the white pegs. That like I, I was looking at when you first got it. Yeah. I was like, okay, grips. Yeah. You wear gloves. That might be okay for okay. a while. Yeah. The seat, I mean, even the red one stain, like that sucks, but yeah. you can always get a cover for it. It comes like, with it. Yeah, it comes with a wet cover. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. thing that really blew me away were the foot strips. The yeah. floor rails. Yeah. Yeah, but, I'm like, but, how? Whoever buys that bike is the type of person who wears brand new sneakers yep. that are spotless all yep. the time. You're but, exactly right. But if you put your foot down at a stoplight and put it back right. up and you got gum, it, they're screwed. It's but fucked. you know what? Throw those shoes away and buy a new I think yeah. John's right. Sneakerheads are the type of people that will buy a sneaker that costs $112 retail. They'll pay $400 for it. Yeah. They'll put it on the shelf and they'll only wear it when they put pieces of plastic in the side of it so the sides of the sneaker don't crease. They'll never lace the sneaker up all the way to tighten it that it fits their feet correctly, right? Okay. Because it'll cause creases in the side of the sneaker. Mm -hmm. Put a type of booties on to ride the scooter. Right, right. True. So people that would buy a pair of shoes that they made 900,000 pairs of for the common folk, and then somehow we grandize those shoes to the point of being on display, paying $1,000 for a $100 pair of shoes, and then wearing them incorrectly to make sure they don't like, so the grain on the side of the fake right, leather doesn't right. crack. What the fuck, man? Right. And so that's the right buyer. That's the customer who's going to buy the Bieber. So, and again, I have one because they made me. We need to sell that to Whistling Diesel. I think you're right. You have him do the right. I dare you to buy this. Yeah. Be like, here, check out the, dust, the Justin Bieber Vespa. Can you buy? Are you man enough to buy <laughs> the unbuyable Vespa? Well, that, that's what he's done. He's exactly. gone and bought the... The twenty thousand dollar pair of sneakers, right. yeah, and, right. then, and then put them on the end of a back. No, no. But surprisingly, though, I give him, I give him credit. Like even he was surprised. He like they didn't break, and then he washed them fifty seven <sighs> times, yeah. and they didn't break. Like they were actually a pretty good shoe. I wonder for what they were. I wonder. Or just a Nike shoe, you know? Yeah, right. Sure. The okay. six year old that sewed it together I did a see hell the, of a the job. The Justin Bieber Vespa get the whistling diesel treatment. Yeah, I think that yeah. would be pretty good. Yeah, and that and, and he could really play that into the ground too. I mean, just go, just go, 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 go. Because there's no point in that 
adventure with you know that much uh, with that much horsepower. You've got Justin Bieber, you've got Vespa. It's it's dead white. It's daring you. I mean, that bike is daring you to molest it, and it really is. It's daring you to molest it. So, yeah. So that's a thing, right? I I, I approve of all those things. Have you ever seen that the Strange Addiction show? You know there's some Bieber fan oh. somewhere that has bought one and oh, then licks it like you, every day and has sex with the tailpipe and stuff like you that. You know, I hadn't really thought about that, but you make perfect sense. Yeah. And that really Yeah, that 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 makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I, I dig that. So some Uber fan. Some Uber fan is and Uber fan is the exact right the exact right term for it. Zealot, so, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> the uh but in that story, you know, kind of what's been going on in the shop, what's been going around the shop. We have lost a member of our team. James no longer works here. Mm. And we're not going to go into great detail about that. But what we are going to go into detail about is service departments. And it turns out, it's like if you have like a a lump on your back or like a, a dark spot on your forehead... Mm-hmm. And you just don't think anything of it. And you just go about your life and just rock on and be like, you know, I, I have an immune system. Mm-hmm. It'll take care of itself. It turns out if you don't deal with something right away, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. So um, it turns out that if you're not paying attention, there will be things in the service department that you didn't even know were back there. And so as we kind of are going around doing an archaeological dig here, it's amazing the shit that we're finding. It's crazy. Um, It's it's taking me to the point where I'm like, we should have a yard sale. Like, we should just have a yard sale. Because there are bikes back there that people have abandoned. Straight up abandoned. Totally 100% abandoned. We have got a really new Benelli TNT. 302, not the 135, a yeah, 302. I've seen that back there. Sitting back there that the customer blew the motor up, well, crashed the bike, damaged the engine cases because he crashed the bike. But the rest of the bike is in really good shape, but the engine cases are cracked. And the customer has just said, hey, I'm not doing anything with it. <gasps> are you kidding me? Yeah. So the paint was still, the paint was still wet. On your finance papers. He's just paying on it or he just stopped paying on it? I don't know. You don't know, yeah. I don't know. Because it doesn't concern you. Now, he, he hasn't brought me the title. Right. But if you're making payments and you stop making payments, you don't have the title. Right, right. All right. So he doesn't have a title to bring me. Don't get me wrong. I called. Because I called on all kinds of bikes. There's a bike that was brought here a year ago for a woman who had a crash with a car. And... It's been here for a year, and like the, the notes and the things said, waiting for the legal outcome of the insurance claim. <laughs> a year ago. So what do you do in that case? And so I, I call her, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> What's up? You owe me $9,000 in storage. Yeah, right. Now you don't really, you know, but it is 20 bucks a day. Sure. And there are 365 days in the year, so. Unless it's leap year. Right, fair enough. But but again, that whole you owe me $7,000 of storage thing. It's true, yeah. That should get somebody's attention. Sure. It seems like it would get an insurance company's attention. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And she says, yeah, I don't even know what's happening with that. I don't even know what happened in court. 
What? You don't you don't know what happened in court? No. Were you cited? Were you did you have to pay a ticket? Oh yeah, I had to pay a ticket. Oh then you lost. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what's happening with the bike. Oh, I know what's happening with the bike. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's here. <laughs> yeah. And you owe a lot of money. And the the insurance company decided they didn't want to pay to fix it. Yeah. So they just quietly backed out of the room because you didn't chase them down. Yeah. And I said, Are, do you own this bike outright? Do, do you have this bike? Do you have a title? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I own it outright. Cool. So you've got the title and everything. Yeah, I got the title. That's great. And I'm like, great, cool. So you do understand that you can bring me the title. The bike is buggered. I mean, it's not pointing the right direction. But if you just bring me the title, we'll forget about the work we've got into it and we'll just absorb the bike and then we'll do something with the parts or whatever, right. whatever, you know, or pay me something what I've got into it for the invoice and take it the hell out of here. Right. You don't have to pay me for a year of storage, but give me a little something, you know, for the effort. Right. So you got the title, right? And she goes, well, yeah, I'll have to check with the finance company. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> okay. Okay. One of, the, one of those. All right. Okay. And that's when I want to go to my little dark corner and just beat my head on the wall. And what? so I'm like, so you are financing this bike. You do have a note that you're supposed to be paying. Well, I haven't paid it in a long time because that because it was tied up with insurance. I'm like, well, being tied up insurance doesn't mean you stop making your payments. Right. And I'm like, so, and they won't repo it. I'm parking this bike out on the side well, street that's, that's right what now. I was going to ask you. You want to come like, pick it up? You can. What is the legality? You get picked up by somebody. Exactly. If, if, if it's here for over, like, say, six months and right. you make so many calls, yeah. what's the legality? You're just pushing it out onto the sidewalk and being like, fuck you, bike. Well, you're the, you're the caretaker of that vehicle. Right? Well, that's the thing. And so this is the magic thing that everyone goes, well, don't you just file for a mechanics lien? Right. Now, in some states, that is a thing that happens and it happens pretty easily. I'm going to just take you through just. Just the tip, and just for a minute. In our state, I would have to show that I had storage and parts and labor of a substantial portion of the the price of the vehicle, okay? And then I would have to take all that to the state of Ohio, and I would say, I would like to have a mechanics lien on this vehicle. And they would say, okay, so the vehicle's clearly described. And the, it has a Kelly Blue Book value. It has a native value. Check. And then they owe me uh, $2,200 in storage. Okay. And then they say, okay, well, they owe you $2,200 in storage and repairs that they haven't paid. Then we're going to determine what the value of the vehicle is. Let's just say for the sake of argument, the value of the vehicle is $5,000. Uh-huh. So now you're going to pay the state of Ohio the tax on $5,000. Yeah. Okay. And some fee, like 100 to $200 in filing fee to, to get a mechanics lien. And then you're going to have to submit to them all of your evidence. The day it was dropped off, your rate, yep. that you sent them certified letters asking them to pay for it, and that you've got the invoice here, and then the part numbers and everything else, and then show that you sent them certified letters that they didn't pick up. Right. Okay? And that all starts a case. Right. Now, hold on. <laughs> about seven years later you'll get a ruling yeah now we don't know because we've never gotten a ruling <laughs> really yeah you've been around longer than seven years over seven how years how long have you how many I've gotten well I've had one ruling on one mechanics lien and it was for a vintage bike yeah but 
yeah. would be the second lien, right? Because the finance. Company well, in this, in that, in that case, the fine, and that's what the state is supposed to be doing. So the state, when you make, when you submit your documents, the first thing the state is supposed to be doing, the title bureau is supposed to be doing, is that they're supposed to be checking to see who the title donor of the vehicle is. Now, in our state, because our title bureau is lazy and inept, <laughs> what they do is they make you bring in proof of the ownership. So you have to do a title search on it. Oh, geez. Well, if anybody in the state of Ohio has actually completed a title search and got a result that printed in paper, I would like to meet you right now and find out how you did that because I'm doing 22 years in business, can't do it. Hmm. Haven't talked to another dealer who knows how to do it. We all just kind of pray and hope, <laughs> right? Where we talk to a cop that we know and get him to say that the bike isn't, you know, it's wonder, titled in this name and it's not stolen. Give you the name of the finance company. Right. You could call the finance you can. company and say the bike is here. Yep. It's Fubar. Yep. If you give us the title, we'll give you 500, 300, or whatever. whatever. We'll give you money for the title. Right. I'll buy the title off you. Otherwise, right. come get your bike. Right. Well, what happens is there's a lien against that title now, and that title needs to be retained by that company should they turn her over to collections. So they're never going to relinquish that title to me as long as that has been turned over to collections yeah. because they need to show that she owes them the value of the bike. Now, do they want the bike back? No, because it's totaled and they know that, right, that. right. So here we are. So this is the thing. And this is why we're in this trap. And now maybe somebody in podcast land goes, no, he's an idiot. This is easy. You just do this all the time. No, no, no. It's not. Trust me. I, we've been through it. And this is the funny thing. So going through the service department, cleaning out these bikes that are like orphan fucking bikes, abandoned bikes. It's amazing the stuff that you hear. And I have, I had a guy tell me today, I forgot about that bike. Look, I have forgotten that I had a pizza in the oven and preheated it and lit my house on fire or lit my oven on fire. Cause I had a pizza hut oven, pizza hut box in the oven. And I just went and preheated my oven and woof. I forgot I had a trigonometry class once. Hey, there you go, right. I forgot a lot of things. Yeah, I forgot. But I have everything. never forgotten that my motorcycle was at the shop, mm-hmm. ever. You ever drive down the highway and you see like a piece of construction equipment like just laying all, like tucked behind a guard, piece of guardrail and you're like, how do they keep track of that shit? Right. I mean, like it would be so easy to like just lose a bucket or yeah. lose a bobcat that just got parked somewhere and... You picked up most everything, and you were supposed to come back and get that. Any but- equipment op- operator in his world with a low boy trailer could pull up and just be like, now we know that the good ones from the rental companies that pay real money have locators on them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But their key systems are all pretty much the same. If you've ever been an equipment operator, you'll know that the they're same, not... Same ignition as on a, a standard riding lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Or, or for that matter, on a steel chainsaw, like, or for a piece of power equipment. You know, always, my snowblower's got the same key that a bobcat had, right? I always, always got weirded out. I like to get up on Sunday mornings and ride, even by myself, whatever. And when I used to live in Cleveland Heights, I'd go down through Cleveland to get to somewhere cool to go ride. Yeah. And I'd be always amazed at, like, 6.30 in the morning, all the bumpers laying around yes. with, with fucking license plates attached yeah. to them. Oh. And I'm like, how do you not stop and pick up a fucking bumper? Like, I mean, like, and at secondly, least your plate. Yeah, at least a plate. Damn straight. Yeah. Damn then, straight. What happened? Like, why is there a bumper laying in the middle yeah, of the street? Yeah, I need to know the rest of the story. Right, yeah. yeah. The other night um, when we didn't have the podcast because I was kind of, you know, dealing with the whole we don't have a service manager anymore. Yeah. So uh, I decided to go to Porco. Oscar was there and we we did good you partaked we partook but when i left porco um i was in uh i was in the bmw the 325 mm. the world's cheapest german convertible 
Because if you know what I paid for that car, you'd be like, fuck you, I hate you. Oh. Is that the one with the drop seat? It is the drop seat. It's the one with the extra super recline <laughs> that, that I could fix for $18 and three hours of labor. But I'll do that in the wintertime. Uh, but however, I'm leaving the Porco. So I've got my, you know, my Harley Davidson pillow behind me. So I'm like, I'm an old man, got my lumbar support <laughs> and I'm rocking the, the drop top 325 I, yeah. and there's all these police cars lined up and they're very excited about something like a lot of police officers. <laughs> like dogs. Like- <laughs> yeah. There's police officers everywhere. And then there's fire equipment here, there and everywhere. And there's all kinds of stuff. And what happened was a car had tried to plank <laughs> vertically through a light pole oh, so wow. it's like a vertical light pole and a vertical car huh. and the car had just decided to just straight up wow. like to run at full speed vertical <laughs> into a light pole and the car so what i could see as i drove by was i could see the exhaust of the car yeah the the, the you know the undercarriage of the car the genitals, and then the whole roof of the car had become like a wrap around the, the, the vertical light pole so that the, the wing mirrors, the, the, the side door mirrors, were touching each other. Wow. I'd never seen anything, and I don't know how they got the car off the pole. <laughs> that's because gonna, That's going to be at the shop. For a it was the equivalent of a hot dog bun. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. it looked like a hot dog bun. Did you make out what kind of car it was? No. I mean, was it like a sedan? Was it like a sports car? Like no, you couldn't tell. He's going to stop paying on that one. Yeah, you couldn't tell. Wow, you couldn't tell. But I did, you know. So this was at two thirty in the morning, right? Sure. So at two thirty in the morning, this is all shut down. And so the next morning, you know, I'm waking up, getting ready to go to work, and I throw on the news, and they're like, "Traffic still tied up after last night's uh, one car fatality on you know uh, westbound on ninety at at forty fourth Street." And they had a, a very sanitized picture taken from a long way at attractive angles, uh, not showing what I saw, which right. what I saw was like a bunch of paramedics and firefighters looking at that thing going, get the guy out. I don't know how we're going to get the car off the pole. Yeah, we're going to bury the whole thing. Well, I think we just need to cut the pole down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just cut the pole down and just drag it away as one piece. I'd never seen a crash like that in my life. It was crazy. Dude, if the, the poles were supposed to break away. Yeah, but this is like, this is one of them 80-footer monstrosities. So I don't think you'd want one of those breaking away. But it did wrap the car literally like a hot dog bun right around the pole. Super wow. crazy. I mean, imagine the force it takes to do that. That dude had to be going at least 30. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think he was plaid. I think he was plaid. Yeah. I think he was plaid. And I can't imagine the kind of aerodynamics that had yeah, to happen. Yeah. So he probably swerved and he hit the Jersey barrier. And the Jersey barriers are known to kind of tilt you a little bit. So he probably hit the Jersey barrier and then it well, made him airborne. On my street, if you pass my house, my current house, and go down like, you know, from 18 and keep going the other way, yeah, it goes down like this and around like that. It's actually really fun on a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. But apparently in the last 10 years, six cars have hit that <gasps> and just flown and done the exactly what you're talking Shit. about. In fact, there's still glass in front of my house from somebody doing that. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You know, I don't know why, man. Everybody's got to be the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. 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 yeah when, I'm, when I'm driving the car, I'm literally, I'm moving pretty damn slowly. Oh, I yeah. am not, a, I'm definitely not the kind of guy you're like, oh yeah, he's, he's, I could have a 500 horsepower car. I would never know. I drive Japanese shit with 93 horsepower and I'm totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's silly. Uh, so, uh, 
hiking their way? I think this might be a fake name. Oh. Can you guys see that? No. Where? Can anybody read that name? Mark Skreptok? There you go. Skreptok. Yeah, that's a great name. Isn't it a great name? Yeah. He sounds like he should be a race of people on Star Trek. Skreptok, yeah. The, the Skreptoks are here, <laughs> and they'd have little extra testicles hanging off yeah. their chins, right? Well, it's the cousin of the Balchinian. The Balchinians. E.T., <laughs> the extra yeah. <laughs> What's up, gentlemen? I'm glad no one died at Mid-Ohio. Phil, I hope you're doing better after your accident. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm horny, so I need a hat to fuck. I'm trying to see if I could give you more money on the Patreon page. I'll be in soon to look for a pit bike for my grandson before he drives my daughter nuts. Nice. Good for you. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to get you a hat. And I'll have it lubed <laughs> up for you. Yeah, we'll get a, a really special hat for you. A special, special hat. But I did think that was pretty, pretty, That's pretty cool. fucking fun. Uh, I, would, I like that I've put one of the things. I put a Benelli uh, YouTube video up. And in the YouTube, Benelli YouTube video, I get all these fucking hilarious comments from people all over the world, people in India, people in Pakistan, people everywhere that want to talk about my YouTube videos. That's Mm. fun. But I love where people say things like that. So Mayimbe, Mayimbe says, that is a beautiful road area city state. I Mm. loved that underbridge pillars. What area is that? I would like to visit. That's right, bitches. Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, fucking Mayimbe really, really likes our architecture. Nice. Mayimbe wants to be in Cleveland. It um, is, it is true that I do shoot my videos at the Metro Parks and stuff, yeah. and so there's a lot it's of cool... It's pretty pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. very pretty down there. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Come, Mayimbe. Come, come, Mayimbe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so a couple of things that happened in the world of motorcycle news. So somebody's actually done moto camping on a moto compo <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah man like come on all right all right moto camping on a moto compo that's ballsy yeah. and this particular person did a very good job of documenting all of their adventures right. bless them and so uh this is true they went more than one person they went and did moto camping Moto comping, yeah, moto comping, right? Moto comping, <laughs> yeah, they did moto comping, and but you know, not for nothing. It is radiant splendor. I got to give them credit. It's okay. not like they went down the street. They went proper and they put hard boxes on the side of a yeah, box. Looks, the moto compo is a box. Let's just call it what it is. It's nothing if it's not a box. It's a box. Still have the stock motor and everything. Well, I don't know. Mm. You'll have to go to the video to what find are out. The, what are the I don't think anything else fits in there. I kind of agree. Um, but so there you have it. I mean, they do know they make cylinder kits for moto compos and stuff like that. But it is, it is very funny to me to see a moto compo set up for moto camping. I was, I was surprised. And they're in, it looks like they're in Japan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to find videos of the Japanese kids doing moto compo racing where they have them completely blown out. Really? Like, oh, oh, it's insane. This dude. does huh. look very stock. This yeah. moto compo looks looks like Lake Erie in the back. I, <laughs> beautiful scenic Lake Erie. I spent way too much time watching this one video of this like chick riding like uh, the new uh, the passport and, and like she's like, oh, I got it. Yeah. Because uh, right. I'm a <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. It's and was she an Asian girl? Yeah. Yeah, she was an Asian girl. And speaking of Asian girls, as we do, oh. 
Dun, da, da, da. Tell me, what? are they really dun, doing da, it? Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, da. The oh, dachshund. Japanese market. The dachshund. Ooh. And, and, I just did just get a call. I'm supposed to go in. Did you? Yeah. I'm just you really get a call? <gasps> God damn it, John. No. God damn it, man. <laughs> but what why, the fuck? Why must you toy with me? I, I wish I did. I can't believe that they went with the low fender in the front that goes against everything in nature. Like the like all the ones that were in the States, the 70s ones all had high fenders. <sighs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm going to go that ahead. Looks and, like, that looks that's like, not in the States yet. I know, but that looks like an ice bear copy of the... You know what? Yeah. I don't... So... You're right. You're, there were medium fenders. The ones yeah, in the States right. actually had a chrome medium. A chrome medium Okay, fender. a medium, but it wasn't My that. bike actually has a high fender. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, but so, that's what I remember when I was a kid is most of them had higher fenders. Yeah, and you're right. Now that I look at it... That has a street fender. The yeah. more that I look at it, that fender does look wrong. And it... You know, oh God, why does it? Why does the video about the guy riding a monkey bike or the guy riding that bike have to include him drinking hipster coffee? Yeah. Oh, dude, not only that, it was a slow pour over mm-hmm. a fucking potato sack coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But he's enjoying his coffee, staring at his monkey. His kids <laughs> he's staring at his docks. <laughs> oh, kids. Oh, yeah, it's the Anglo guy with the Asian kids. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, cool. That makes sense. Rock on, man. Jump on! There's oh, they're all three of them around. No, it. come oh. on! <laughs> and now all of a sudden they're in Los Angeles. Yeah. So they went. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but this is the docks. This is the dachshund, and I, you know, again, I'm in. You, you, you had me. You had me at hello. That's what me and John looked like Saturday on my Africa twin when he told me to jump on the back. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that was a scale image of you two guys. It wasn't on the docks. It was on the Africa twin. Africa twin. Yep. I'm, it I, looks look, good. I don't fucking hate it. I don't hate it. Oh, we like Dax and relax. Oh. <laughs> you just want to Netflix and chill? No, I'm going to Dax and relax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So there you have it. So there's the Dax. Congratulations. Hey, Ta da. We're Daxing, baby. We're Daxing. We're gonna we're gonna do some docking and then we'll do some Daxing. Well, now after I bought the house instead of paying cash, I would have to finance. Oh, you have to finance your Dax. Yep. Yeah, but you got a house, a second house. That's now true. you're like this baller guy with two houses. Different yeah. tax brackets. You do have adult yeah. you do have extra houses. Yep. That is true. Yeah, there's only so many people that are, can do that. and that's and that's a real truth of life right there but anybody who is concerned about my um my asshole no my 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 secondary input or fourth input i was gonna say uh it's been it's been basically a month right yeah so it's been like a month so it's been a month the stitches i took all the stitches out everything else it's closed up real nice like it is it is the gunshot wound of stitch jobs like, this looks straight out of, like, it's okay, Johnny. We're just going to tape you up. Get back in the ring. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to see this. <laughs> right. Though. And it is It is truly, it is on a part of my body that hopefully nobody ever has to see. Right. Right? Again. Again. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. Got pictures to prove it. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, dude. Sorry, remember dude. That, remember that, uh, that meme of Homer Simpson pouring bleach in his eyes? That was John. <laughs> he was just over yeah. there. Yeah. I don't care if I'm blind. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, it, it's it was pretty bad. So it is funny though, because like 
you know, once the stitches came I'm out. I'm glad it happened early on in the week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Later on in the weekend. Who knows? There could have been a. Yeah. Well, a in the week. Oh, God. The, the, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, after three days of no shower. The swamp ass. I, you know, I'm pretty good at housekeeping. So, like, I have all the stuff. I've got three different levels of baby wipe in yeah. my camp. So like I I keep my stuff super tidy. I, mm-hmm. I was in the military for years, and I'm gonna tell you when you go out on deployment, shower is something that is not part of the military's lexicon. You know, oh you're in a tank. Okay, that's that's fine. What is a tank? Well, a tank is a device that amplifies the temperature, the ambient temperature, by thirty percent in either direction. So if you're out in a tank and it's twenty two degrees Fahrenheit out, right? Mm-hmm. It's a cold sink and a heat sink. That's exactly right. So in some days when it's like negative 10, you can't touch the outside of the tank. You'll stick to it. Mm. Okay. And some days when it's like 115, you can't touch the outside of the tank. You'll get burned by it. Right. And when you're taking four guys and putting them into, who sent that meme Beaner. out? Oh my God, yeah, dude. Yeah, I did. I said, Phil, like, was this your life? That is the most accurate, accurate <laughs> example of being Next inside. Next to another wiener. <laughs> to be an M1 armor crewman. <laughs> And when you see the Russian tanks with the auto loader, yeah. and those guys have kind of like, they're much smaller tanks, but that being said, they still have room around them. Yeah. In an American tank, there is no auto loader. Your loader is a guy named Lucas from lower Alabama, yeah. right? And so he, Lucas takes up a lot of room, but Lucas also has all the same parts you do and they get stinky too. But when you're a gunner and I was a gunner, you're literally between the legs of the tank commander. Mm-hmm. So if you move your helmet back, like if you move your head back fast, Dong. you're nutting the TC <laughs> and don't think we haven't done it. Yeah. And if your tank commander chews tobacco and you do that, if you, for some reason you throw your head back fast and you give him a nut shot accidental, yeah. he's going to spit tobacco juice down the back of your neck. <laughs> There's politics inside the turret. I'm sure. And the, the driver just has to be thanking God every morning that he's a driver. And that he's not in this fucking turret with you idiots, with you fucking savages. <laughs> on, on Saturday, me and John saw, there obviously were tanks there at this yeah, thing that we were at. Yeah, absolutely. But the one that kind of piqued our interest, and he actually stopped and talked to the guy, was this German tank that was it had a crew of two and was the size of this table. Oh. It, do you remember what was, tank that was? I don't know. We should have talked more. I mean, they, people were packing up and getting ready to leave. Yeah. So we just took a little buzz through. We took liberty that like the barricades were down, so we were able to go places we shouldn't go. Yep. Yeah. So we were riding around inside the encampment. But this German tank was so. I, I thought it was like I thought it was like a half scale tank like mm-hmm. that they made for this thing. Right. But he's like, no, no, that's full scale, two crew, two man crew, and I'm like, where do you put them? Like, <laughs> Damn. And I mean that. I mean that is a real thing that you know that you you don't go into the armor core because you like space. Yeah. Right, you don't go into the armor core because you like you know that luxury lifestyle. Uh, armor's tight; it is always has been tight. It's just it's not a great way to live, and and I found that the hard way. But those are the Higgins boats. They yeah. they actually do a landing. Yeah. Like they pick guys up further down the breach and then br- bring them into the landing zone and mm-hmm. drop them off several you know the several times they make runs. It sounds super cool. I mean, absolutely super cool. I mean, that's great, man. So I wish I would have gotten a, a chance to check that out. That would have been neat. I, I totally missed it. Happens every year. Happens every year. It's the it's a World War II reenactment of the landing of Normandy that happens in mm. Conneaut, Ohio. And so all the dudes that have all the stuff bring all the stuff Large out. Re- reenactment of, uh, of the D-Day landing. The tank. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, no, it's like, 
Like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, John kind of mentioned it. I just wanted to take a ride and go see his new house. So that, guy, yeah, that guy right there, that almost looks like, no, he's too old. It was yeah. a younger guy who had the yeah. German tank. Yeah, but he did kind of look like that. But, um, Would you like a ride in my little he tank? Had, he had the black uniform. But I had no idea what I was getting into. And then as I get near his house, there's like Mustangs and shit flying everywhere and C-130s flying, or whatever the, the World uh, yeah, War II World version War II equipment. Right, World and War II it's equipment. flying like 30 feet off the ground. And, they, and then we, we get like 10 feet away, or not 10, 10 uh, blocks away, and you start to feel the 50 cals going, duh, 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 and all this stuff. It's like, what the fuck, man? It was, it was pretty intense. They had a howitzer. They were shooting a howitzer. Yeah. Right. Really? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they're just completely owning it. Oh, yeah. And the dudes, when they die, they all get Academy Awards. They're like, when they get shot, you're going, laying in the sand and stuff. It was amazing. Completely, like nobody just got shot and fell over. Like it was like you know a complete like body turn with the arms flailing and like you know boots flying everywhere and landing on the sand. I I am I am I, I, to me the idea of World War Two reenactments. I know people put their entire fucking lives into it. I mean I I know for a fact they do. The problem is I just am always going to think of stuff like this. I'm always going to think of people that built like an arts and crafts project on the weekend where it's like, okay, that is a baby carriage. Leave it to the Russians. It is a uh, remote control tank that happens to also carry a baby. Yeah, I know, but that does seem like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Yeah, it does seem like a lot of fun. Uh, But there is a, yeah. So that LOLO is a British television program. And one of the Nazis is a, a very affable gentleman who's constantly saying, would you like a ride in my little tank? Yeah. I just, one of my favorite, favorite scenes. So I forgot about that. that did was you forget a, about that? That was a great show, man. Yeah. It's a fun show. You know what? They're always at the bar and like, so wasn't the thing like their accent meant they were speaking in that language. Well, right? everybody spoke English, right? But with but. various different poorly done accents but i think that they were like right. when they were like speak because remember like the english guys would try to speak like they would they'd be like oh, absolutely like it would be kind of german right. so like it was like i think when they yeah. got the accent they were supposed to be like speaking in that language right. yeah. yeah oh it, without needing interpreters or subtitles or or anything yeah. well done yeah you, you, was... you sent your message out so super duper super duper fun and uh now do you guys remember do you remember when I was on uh, that People's Court thing? Yeah, yeah Judge Judy or whatever. Yeah, right. Or Judge, whatever her name <laughs> is. Would you like to know that I'm still getting fallout from that? Really? Oh, no. I am. Uh, I am uh, still uh, getting star? fallout. So today I got a mysterious phone call at the shop. Kind oh. of a weird... Reruns? <laughs> kind of a weird phone... Yeah, I think it might be. So I got kind of a weird phone call. And I got this, this weird phone call. And the guy says, just says, Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, Cleveland, can I help you? You know you're on people's court right now? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I am, so stop talking to me. <laughs> it's live, <laughs> asshole. Ah! <laughs> Click. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was on people's court again today. The other day? Yeah. Do you, you get royalties? No. Every time you, they run it? You don't. You weirdly enough... You don't get royalties. Well, you had more than three lines. You get a SAG card. You don't get royalties. Okay. But you do get reviews. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. No. All right. Hey, are you guys ready? Uh, yeah. yeah. You guys like hate mail? Oh, Fuck yeah. yeah. 
How would you like hate mail if it was just published right on the front page of your business's Google site? That's even better. Wouldn't that be better? That's awesome. Shouldn't we read some hate mail? Yeah, I think that's... Let's read some hate mail. How about a one-star review from Panther Fan? Oh, okay. Ready? Yeah. Mm. After watching People's Court, I would advise all black people not to do business with this guy. He looks super racist. I have 15,000 followers on Twitter. I'll definitely post this and... Well, and spread the word to everyone, especially black people. Well, you are obviously known as a huge racist in everywhere. I did respond, and I just, I'm literally embating him. I just wrote, how do I look racist? Yeah. Because if you answer and tell me how I look racist, then motherfucker, you're racist. Right. Fair enough. Holy mm-hmm. shit, Phil, you're white. You have to be racist. Again, and that's again, one-star review. So, listeners of this podcast. Yeah. I remind you that you can go to Google, (laughs) you can go to Cleveland Moto on Google, and you can see this review, and you can comment on it. And even better, if you happen to be one of our African-American listeners that are super cool and exciting, please go and let these guys know. You know, and, and to people that I've been a really, really, really servant of the people. And I have always helped people try to get their bikes and try to do things for them and go above and beyond the call. I would say you are a mensch for human rights generally. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I left my shop today and went and picked up a guy whose front tire blew out in the Metro Parks. And when you see how much tire he has left on his front tire, it's cords the whole way around. Wow. You would have not picked this guy up on principle. He needed to learn a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. But I left my shop to go rescue somebody, mm-hmm. right? And to rescue a guy that didn't buy his bike from us, right? Fair. So here you go, guys. Cleveland Moto. It's on Google. Now, whether you choose to comment or leave a retaliatory review, I don't care. I honestly don't (laughs) care. But when somebody's using the forum because they watched a TV show. Yeah. And they're going to my company's website and leaving us a one-star review and telling people that I look like a racist. Now, for the people who don't have the luxury of being able to watch us on YouTube or watch any of our 1,700 hours of content, I look like a lot of things. I look like (laughs) a chubby 53-year-old white guy. I look like somebody who doesn't take enough care of myself. Well, once you covered up the SS tattoo on your neck, I think it really... I also look like a guy who's never paid for a haircut. Right. Right? (laughs) I I am the definition of, oh, that's unfortunate hairline. Yeah, sure. I'm all those things. But I'm definitely not a racist. No. No. But to do this and call this out, you're also kind of showing your own ass. Yeah. And I do understand what he's doing. He's reminding people that he has 15,000 followers yeah, on it's Twitter. A, it's a him thing. Yeah. It's, like it's a, a him thing, not a me thing. Man. He wants people to go to follow him on Twitter. Yeah. And maybe some of our folks will follow Panther Fan on Twitter. Just give him shit. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I can't even imagine what's going to happen. I haven't really gone to try to find Panther yet on Twitter. I might do that right now. Maybe we, we should like uh, just give him too much nice. Like everybody should just embrace him. And be like, yeah, I, I don't. I just don't know. And that's just one of those things where I mean, I guess we're going to have to try to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. What is it? Is it a Panther? What's a Panther? Oh, Panther. Yeah, that's here. Let me show. Them. What are we doing? This is the, the tank. tank that we saw. This little tiny tank. I know it has nothing to do, but Smith looked it up. So this is all right. It's a little tiny. Smith didn't look it up. Oh, that's adorable. That's adorable little tank. 
Oh, I thought Smith. Oh, you did. That is a. Oh, John did. Door a little tank. Yep. I didn't you see go. you do it. I was just. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you find him? So anyway, I haven't found him just yet. I mean, I'm just looking up some of the, you know, whatever. So there you go. So anyway, maybe wow. somebody will find him. Maybe not. Yeah. We only have like 5,000 listeners. So, you know, they might find him. They might not. I don't care. But the point is, you know, Google reviews works both ways. Yeah. So if you can find them, you, if you care to look or whatever, eh, that's fine. But again, so maybe going on people's court wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know, though, because if, I mean, if you are basically, if, from what this guy is saying, right. if he's requested um, fellow African-Americans to go and look for the episode. I think if right. any in, intelligent human yeah. being of any color watches right. the episode, yeah. You come off as just a person that knows business, and the judge is like, "You're right," and that's it. Like, I don't race and any kind of thing like that was never brought into yeah. it. No, you didn't it had nothing to do with like, that. Yeah, yeah really, I don't see how it comes into it. But people, his comments mean nothing. What yeah. means everything is that it's taking your point value down. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're at point. You're at four point <laughs> right. three. You shouldn't be at four point. You know what's funny is yeah. it's he is probably right. who knows where he is, and his fifteen thousand viewers might right. not be anywhere near Cleveland. And I have no absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it Absolutely. Matter that. It's, well, it's besmirching you, but right. it, it might not yep. actually affect your bottom line as much as right. being a four point three. Absolutely. Well, and and I think I think what Google I think Google has a responsibility at some point of refining the system, they're and not. you have to. Well, I know they're not, but I'm saying that like <laughs> you should be able to have to I like show. That, I like that general consensus. Yeah, you're not, but but I think like you should have to show like why like why are you leaving a review for this place? Like right. what interaction did you have? Give yep. us details and like your real never fucking been name. There, never bought anything. Like, right, right. Before you leave a review, have you purchased from this place? Yeah. Have yeah, you, you been go. to this place? Do you That's true. The owner? Have you called? Have you? I did find another one of his reviews. Um, another one because a competitor could compel do not stay just- at this property. I advise all black people not to stay at this property. Oh. Do not give them your credit card information. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's you see a trend now. He's yeah. Okay, yeah. but Got I mean, it. you could even have a situation where you have a competitor who just right. gets yeah. all of his friends to give you. Bad- oh no, we had that. So we actually had you know in in a few years ago we had somebody who would open up a shop and thought that would be a really clever way to get their own name out. So they, they said, oh, I had a terrible, terrible, terrible experience at Cleveland Moto, but I went to this other shop at this address called This Thing, and they did everything great and for half the price. Mm. And it didn't take but like six seconds to figure out that that person was obviously shilling for a shop that they had opened. Sure. You know, and, but you can't take those away. That will be there forever. That review and my response to the review saying that you're a shill for another company, we figured you out, that will always be there. And that one star will always be there. So it is kind of a weird thing. So anyway, I'm grousing. I'm, I'll let that go now. So You guys ready for a new segment? <gasps> always ready for a new segment. It's Steve Nye the Science Guy. Oh, really? Nye the yeah. guy. I like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Isn't that a contradiction in terms? Yeah. It pretty much is. But, oh, no. He's very close to being a chemist. Yeah. No, no. Not an oxymoron. <laughs> not, not an oxymoron. oxymoron. I, can, <laughs> I can tell you this. The motherfucker's a botanist. Yeah. 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 I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. But I, oh, this, all this knowledge comes from other people, so you know it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so today at work, today at work, we, uh, we did a live stream with the NASCAR guy. Right. And then after that, we had a uh, um, uh, engineer, developer, and basically general like god of tires. Oh, okay. 
So we started talking about tires. And so after everything was over, we're all kind of hanging out and we're taking down gear and I'm talking to him. And I started asking him, I said, so, hey, with this tire situation. Yeah. I was like, uh, what, like, if you have a collection of vehicles, what do you suggest for storing? Mm-hmm. And he goes, ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. So he said, you know, he goes, there's always the typical things guys say, that, you know, like if you have a motorcycle or a car, get the wheels off the ground. Mm-hmm. That's okay. good. That helps. Sure. Okay. He goes, but is your garage heated or not heated? Okay. I said, not heated. He goes, that's a problem. And I said, why? He goes, if you have any type of performance tires, especially, but pretty much any tires, but right. especially performance tires. Yeah. So anything soft, compound. Right. So like right. your sport bikes, my yeah. Z900. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Even your off-road tires, whatever. Yep. He said that once a tire is in 32 degrees or below for over 24 hours, yeah, it's it frozen. Molecularly, molecularly changes the composition of the rubber. <gasps> and it can take up 30% of your mileage and stuff away from the tire over the course of the next few years. Really? Secondly, he said that garages somehow have like quite a bit of ozone in them. Yeah, that's true. And ozone is the one of the worst things that can do to mm-hmm. damage a tire. Yep. So he said that um, optimal solution, if you have a race bike and you have brand new meats on it, he said, take them off, put them in two layers of black plastic bag, and put them in your basement, out of light, and in a, a, a mean temperature of 60 degrees. Whoa! And he says, they'll be fresh for the next year. He says, if you can't do that, get your bike on stands, get the wheels off the ground so you don't have any flat spots, mm-hmm. and it helps yep. a little bit. He says, and realistically, if you can put bags around them and tie them up around the, the tire, he said that a couple layers of that will keep the light from getting in, the ozone getting to your tires. And he mm-hmm. said that'll at least give you a little bit of a fighting chance if you right. can't control you can't control the temperature yeah. going up and down. And that is and there's a big as a guy that looks at every fucking tire that comes in here. Mm-hmm. And every time somebody drops a bike off for service, I look at the tires and it scares the shit out of me what I see people driving around on. And mm-hmm. we're we're gonna go and look at this one that I've got in the service department right now because I have seen many a back tire. Many a back tire with the threads showing. That's not a fucking, that's right. not, that's not weird. But to see a front tire with the threads showing. That's crazy. Almost yeah. the whole way around. And it's not a chicken strip either. I got to give the guy credit. <laughs> it's out in the, it's out in the danger area. Yeah. But it's to the threads and it is to the threads. Jeez. So one. What was the date on the tire? Old. So that's another <laughs> thing. That's another thing. The average age of a tire that comes into my shop. Yeah is around 10 years. Jeez. That's average age. Yeah. So, and we will always point it out to the customer. We'll be like, okay, just letting you know. I'll point with my finger and say, that's the oval on the side of the tire that has the date code. First two digits are the week of the year. There's 52. And then the second two digits are the year, right? And uh, you don't have to worry about before 2000 because a lot of tire companies didn't do that then. So I will show people, the gentleman that came in today, not the same guy with the, the, the baldy baldy tire, but a guy that brought his bike in and his tires looked great, you know? And he said, he said, yeah, you know, I've, I've only had these tires on my bike for about 3000 miles. And I said, yeah, that's cool. And he says, but, but I haven't ridden this bike for two or three years. So I want to put it back into service safely. Mm-hmm. So could, could you look at my tires? And I said, well, we can look at your tires together. So let's come out and look at the tires together. Because now that I have a new service director, me, I can do these things. So I went out and I pointed at the side of his tire. And first of all, I said, well, your tire is from year of our Lord 2010. So your front tire is 12 years old and it has plenty of meat on it, but I'm going to show you the sidewall. And not only did it have the crazing, you know, the, the crazing or the, what is technically ozone cracking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Not only did it have that, but it had the, 
full radial cracks. Mm. So it had the cracks that are like eight inches long that are right by the beat of the tire. Yeah. All right. And those ones are always scary. But the ones that I think are the scariest ones that are ones that are in the tread. So if you look into the grooves of the tread and the tire is literally starting to separate. And so here's a tire with two to 3,000 miles on it. Brand was a good brand. It's a Michelin tire. But just the same, you can't help the fact that it's a 12-year-old tire and it's been stored in his garage where it routinely goes, what, under 32 degrees. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what the guy, he actually said something really, it's like he knew about motorcycle tires. Mm-hmm. I guess yep. obviously if the company makes them, he knows. But he said that one of the biggest things that he thinks is funny is he said, especially in areas that get a lot of snow, like Ohio mm-hmm. and places like that, um, guys always blame, like, like the sport bike guys will take their bikes out and they crash. And they'll be like, oh, there must have still been salt on the road. And he's like, a lot of times that's not the case. Mm. Because it rained or something like that. What happens is that they just threw their bike in the garage. Yeah. They had super sticky, like Pirelli, Gumball. Dragon yeah, Z, right, right. whatever yeah. tires on right it. Right on. And last year they were, you know, the Dragon knees and the bike wasn't right skinning anything. Brand new tire last year. Brand new tire. 500 grippy, grippy. It doesn't matter. Right. And he says, now it's sat in this cold weather all winter and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And now you have a racing tire-ish that's made for the street. Oh, yeah. And it loses 30% of its compound. You go to hang that turn, and now you crash. Oh. And you're, you're oh, I must have, they must have missed the salt. It didn't rain hard enough or something, not realizing that their super sticky tire Damn. is no longer super sticky. Go ahead, John. Is the tire ruined completely all the way through, or can I just burn off some of the outside? <laughs> <laughs> some Italian tuning? Well, I, think, I, I, think mean, I, love your, I love your approach to that. I mean, you know, I, it's just the outside. Well, you know. Like, you know. It's the crust Did it get on the creme brulee. Did the ozone just affect you know, the I don't know. surface of the tire, or is right. it all the way through? That's a good That's question. That's a very well, good I mean, question. If I'm careful, you know, in the first well, thousand but, miles will eventually wear in and get soft. Let me ask you this. Get into the soft meat again. If it's, yeah. if it's, if it's 18 degrees for six weeks, how, how, how thick of that coldness gets into the tire? Well, it all gets cold. Yeah, so that, <laughs> it's all changing the molecular thing. So. <laughs> I don't know about this. I've got to look. Okay, hey, man. So you guys—it's wanna... actually also not going to affect my tire. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I can't afford to keep my garage heated all winter. Time. Right. <laughs> and I'm not taking the tires off my bike and packaging them in bags and putting them in. Yeah. No, but I might put bags over my tires in the garage. Absolutely. That can't hurt. Just right. to keep the. You could buy the, like the heater things or whatever. Well, that actually wrapped. gave me that gave me an idea. Oh, for... you're gonna leave your your tire heaters Jeez. on, your tire warmers on year round. Well, no, but think about it. Like you know how you have the battery your battery tender. Yeah. You could have a tire tender. Yeah. And it just keeps it at like you know forty degrees. I'm so not it's... saying you're wrong. Right. But I'm saying that'll cost you. Yeah, well, I'm saying I'm going to sell them. Cheap, That's my new product I line. I throw the ball back towards the manufacturer and say, right. these are defective tires <laughs> if they are fucking ruined <laughs> if they go below 32 degrees. Right. Yeah, because it's right. rubber. Yep. Rubber is an extremely resilient compound. Right, but it's also, he said it's about the type of compound. It's the sticky tires. Winter tires, yeah, winter tires are designed to be in snow, and they probably have a harder compound, so it they don't have that problem. Half of the country has to deal with freezing conditions right but so, that's that's but you know what though if you followed if you they should let me know that I, this is not meant to be sold in ohio well no but think about it so all season all it, it, either one so all season tires are going to be harder and and probably don't affect it but if you have your zr1 fucking track tires they probably well, get affected you know, thankfully i never will be buying Right. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> I did say sticky tires in the beginning. You missed mm-hmm. the whole sticky tire. That's true. Tire. And, and I do no, like don't that. Don't get all upset. This right. is what I do. Yeah. Right. 
I try to bring good content, and John just makes called, me feel bad. No, it's called Point Counterpoint. Point I Counterpoint, know, exactly. Yep, yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. agree. Yep, no, that was fine. Very interesting. It's a good question, but yeah, I was pretty amazed by that. Like mm-hmm. that, that uh, you know, that's a thing. That's yeah, it is know. a thing. It is a mm-hmm. thing. So um, we've got our podcast listener, John, and we talked a little bit about John, and John has a seventy-one SL three fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nothing wrong with that. A bike that I think we all can agree of the entire of the entire realm of three fifties, all the three fifty parallel twins, every single Honda three fifty that they ever made. I missed one by two weeks. I sold three hundred bucks. Two weeks. I remembered the bike. It sat in the kid's garage forever. I'm like. You remember that bike that sat in uh, your the garage? It was your brother's that he never rode. It just sat there. Whatever happened with that? Mm. Oh, that was an SL three hundred and fifty. I sold it two weeks ago for three hundred and fifty. How how long man. ago was this? Was oh, oh okay. man! But that bike had. I mean, I just remember the vibrant colors of the. Pen. I know yeah. it was like a brand new bike that never left the garage. Right, and I mean, oh. and that's been one of those ones where I kind of always said, I think I'm done. I'm pretty sure I'm done with CB350s, right? Just got to say, I'm, I, I'm just done with CB350s. I, I don't need another one. I've had a ridiculous number of them. Even I don't if need I found a CB350 a, because I have a 305 Superhawk. Exactly. Yeah, there, that's a good. That's another great but way I do to look have at a it. CL350. That's true. I don't need yeah. a CB350 because I have it. Because you have one <laughs> exactly. So here's what I want to bring up. So for you know, just for the for the sake of our discussion in the podcast. The bike in question is the Honda SL350. And what is the SL350? Well, it's not a CL350 scrambler. It's not a street bike that just happens to have these high chrome pipes on it so you can pretend to go off-road. It's a little bit more of an actual dirty bike. I thought about trying to build a fooler. You know what I mean? Like, go get the tank, maybe the seat. The frame is dramatically different. Just different fenders, you know. So if you look at this frame, you can see that there's a... A sharp downward trajectory from the triples to the testicles, right? Mm-hmm. So this this whereas a normal Honda CB350 is pretty much straight across the top rails. So they did things to give this bike an abundance of front wheel travel, not so much on the back, but the they did give it abundance of front wheel travel. I always like the chopper tank, like how it's angled. It up. It is angled like, up. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just a. In my mind, this is a bike that Honda said is kind of a purpose-built motorcycle. Whereas the CL350 is like a, it's a pretend scrambler, Mm -hmm. right? It's just different pipes. So we all, we talked about John's, not your John, but our podcast Patreon members, John, bike was weeping oil between the cylinder and the the head. And we Mm. said that, well, they kind of all do that. And unless it's a big deal, don't sweat it. Right. And so he'd had a problem getting the upper fork boots off in order to change the fork oil, the upper fork bolts. And I gave him a tip and I said, you know, the hex head caps at the top, don't dick around, don't use a pipe wrench, get the proper six point socket. Because when you get up to those sizes, you might only have a 12 point socket, right? But don't, don't, don't be tempted because the, the relief on that big fucking nut, you know, 24 millimeters or whatever it is or bigger, it's 28, 28 or 29 millimeters, is fucking big, So it's but it's very shallow. Mm-hmm. So I, I explained to him, get the proper six-point socket, get a hammer impact driver, and then loosen the triple clamps so that those fork tubes are now proud. Because if you look at this, the fork tubes, the top of the fork tube is literally 
maybe an inch under the handlebars. You have no access to get in there. In your Honda toolkit, there is a six-point wrench in the factory Honda toolkit Mm. that is the right size to do those caps. But if you get to put those on, there is an extension in the toolkit that you slide on, and then you're really going to have to reef on it to get those to open because they've been on since 1971. Right. It's better idea, take your handlebars off and move them out of the way. Drop them over your headlight, wrap them in a towel. Loosen your triples and slide the bike down onto the fork stanchions, okay? And you slide them down on the fork stanchions and that will expose those things up above the danger area of your very expensive and irreplaceable speedometers. Right. Yay. And then once you've got that much exposed, now you can get on there with a proper wrench and an impact and shock them loose. And Be- put a towel over your gas tank. Yes, please do, right? Before you right. drop and all Before you do all that stuff. Take it off. Exactly. That's what I would do, yeah, right? Yeah. Get it wrong. So anyway, he says, Yep. He goes, That worked. Yay. Cool. And I said, if it doesn't go, if it doesn't go using an impact driver, you can work a little bit of heat. So work a little bit of heat into it and then go cold, heat, and cold. Usually they'll be put them back together, but you got to be really careful. Those cross threads. The threads on those is finer than fine, right? So you do have to get it right. So he says, I got lucky and all they needed was the six point and the impact. You guys are awesome. So consider that one beer earned. However, Uh he said, is there a trick to getting this fucking headlight out? I'm struggling. Oh boy, there is a trick to getting that headlight out. You will think that you should loosen those bolts on the side of the ears that hold the headlight Mm -hmm. in. That does nothing. You're only going to drop the liners or the nuts on the inside into the the basket, Mm -hmm. and and it will be harder to move. So that headlight has a chrome bezel around it, Mm -hmm. and that chrome bezel will come off. But it's probably been there for a really fucking long time. The hardware that's holding that chrome bezel on is made of Velveeta. So we're going to give another shout out to the Impacta by Vessel, Phillips Head, a.k.a. JIS Head Screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Go fucking gentle on this thing. Do not reef on it. Do not turn those super soft bolts into putty. This is the time because you're literally working on a plastic housing. And it's a plastic housing that was brittle when it was put on brand new in 1971. It will. It will. Sometimes there's two. There's one right into the bottom. So it locks in on the top. Yep. But But you have to turn it, don't you? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But here's the trick. There's also screws to adjust the aim of the headlight. Mm -hmm. Do not be fooled by those. Right. Those will be accessible from the front of the lens. Exactly, from the front of the lens. And it's usually smaller too, right? Much smaller. Yeah. Coming at it from the bottom, you will only see one fastener down there, and that's the one you got to work on. And then once that... Yep. That's what keeps you from cracking the plastic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't lose anything and pay special attention to the order of assembly in reverse when you take this thing apart because this guy's bike is beautiful. We don't want to see him crack his fucking headlight bucket because this isn't a picture of his bike. No, 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 no. But this is a picture of his bike and it's fucking gorgeous. Right? So I mean oh, it's yeah. clean as fuck. It's clean as fuck. You know, so Holy it's got dang. the original factory turn. That painted headlight show. Exactly. Unobtainium. So that's why I'm saying these things in this manner, because there is literally, and I'm going to pass this around, but you can see the screw hole. Yeah. So you can see where the screw hole is in the bottom that holds the bezel down. But you're absolutely right, Sleepy, that there is a bent metal tab 
that goes into a plastic housing. Mm -hmm. And that's where you got to take the one screw out of the bottom, lift the bezel away ever so little bit, and then rotate it a tiny bit. And when you do that, then it will let itself go. So it'll be fine and you'll be good. So I lost the picture. I it's okay. Smith. You can do that. I'll, I'll, I'll fire it back up for you, buddy. So that, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, being careful with these things is everything. Yeah. Okay? Everything. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and you can pass it around. Just don't, don't look at it so don't long. Don't touch it. No, don't know. touch it. Right. So, but when you see that, there are three or four different screws that you might be dicking with. Don't dick with all three or four different screws. There's one screw. It's kind of a, if you're looking at the speedometer, it's in the five o'clock position. Yeah. If you're sitting on the motorcycle, it's at the seven o'clock position. Okay. Is that, that seems to be um, kind of like universal for all brands, like older it, bikes, yeah. like the Kawasaki style of retaining the ring and using the ring to hold everything in. Yeah. But always yeah. at the five o'clock position. Yeah, kind of not like straight thing. up and down yeah. because at the bottom, so straight up and down, there'd be a slot. Yeah, he's got screw yeah, out. Yeah, I think he doesn't out. know that you have to twist it. Exactly. Screws out. I'm looking at the paint on it, too. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's been repainted. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe they painted it and then put it back. <laughs> maybe. That's always a challenge. Well, that's a, yeah, you know, I would probably suggest taking a razor blade really carefully and going I'm between. I'm glad you mentioned that, because yeah. let me read the rest of the statement. Oh, what did you say? Something about a razor blade, right? Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Skip to chapter three. Yeah. Right? We're all worshiping a fucking school, screw hole. Yeah. We're missing the actual story. So, he <laughs> says, is there a trick to getting this headlight out? I'm struggling. Headlight seems like it's burned out. I said, remove the chrome ring first. He says, that's the problem. It's very stubborn. I worked my way around it with a putty knife. Now, I have had these hmm. bikes where the adhesive holding them together... So what you don't know is Honda did have a gasket. So there was a gasket in there, and those gaskets melt down over time. They've also, I also had them stuck together with guys that like wax the shit out of their bikes. Oh, yeah. And the, the, oh, the crevice will yeah. fill up with wax. Yeah. And then over years, it'll get dry and turn into oh, adhesive. Carnuba turns into fucking JB Weld. It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before I spend a crap load of money trying to replace this 50-year-old headlight, I want to make sure it isn't a wiring issue first. With a battery that is giving about 11.8 volts across the terminals, I'm getting about 10.3 lights, 10.3 volts at the headlight connections, both high and low beams. Is that about right? I wrote back, is there a reason your battery is so weak? Yeah. You might have a case of having some voltage there, but nowhere near enough amperage underneath it. Okay. Anytime you're working on electrical, have the bike on a battery charge. Thank you. Exactly. That is the thing that I want the takeaway to be. If you have a device in your arsenal that produces 12 volts or so going out, have that hooked to your battery while you're playing around. Because we want your battery to be having its best life. Its best fucking life, right? And if somebody tells me that their battery has 11.8 volts at the battery, but then only has... 10.3 volts it's lost a volt and a half yeah. between the that's wires at the battery to the wires at the headlight that's a lot. that tells me there's not a much push behind it so if you're losing a volt and a half in 36 inches and three switches you've got a, you've got an amperage problem not a voltage problem yeah. and so i'm glad to say his response is upon further testing it appears my battery is trash <clears throat> and my headlight is trash the battery was a new Motobat AGM. I bought it over the winter. 
Now it seems like it charges up to 13.4 volts, but it drops immediately to 12 volts. So it's not holding the charge. Could the bad headlight have ruined the battery? I put a modern regulator rectifier on the bike last year. Okay. Mm. Batteries, as we say here, light and heat and sound are expensive to a battery. Uh, okay, well, if he has it on the charger and he's yep. charging it up and it's at 13 volts, right. he turn, takes it off and it lets it sit for a day and it returns to like 12.5 or 12.8, that wouldn't be a bad battery. Not the worst thing. Now, the real way to test a battery is to load test it. Yep. There's two, yep. ways. There's two ways. You can use yep. a load tester, which is right. a heating element that you crank yeah. onto it. It has a momentary switch. I'm sorry, did you say heating element? It's a heating element. Your load tester is from last fucking century. Oh, you have a fancy load tester? I do have a fancy load tester. Well, I like simple, stupid load testers. That's one. <laughs> the other is you can hit the starter. There you go. That's my favorite load tester. And then just see what yeah. it drops below 10 volts yeah. your starting condition. Yep. That's probably not a good bet. If you oh. have... The funniest thing about motorcycles always comes down to some incredibly simple stuff that is really, really, really easy to check, but super duper often overlooked. And why the reason I think that John's story here about why he's having this, these multiple problems, it turns out that he might actually have one problem. Well, the first thing is his, his bulb, and we all know these bulbs in the industry. These are a you big fucking glass bulb. You can look at the bulb, bulb. Even, even through yeah. it, and you can, if you see any black or yeah. You got something burned out. And these headlights back in the day are a twin filament headlight bulb, mm. and it has three terminals on the back. One is a ground, and one is for high beams, and one is for low beams. Each of them draws 12 volts. White and blue. Yep, yep. And each of them draws 12 volts. Whether you're in high beam circuit or low beam circuit doesn't matter. They're both pulling 12 volts. It's not like one pulls 9 volts and one pulls 14. Nope, they both pull 12 volts. But the thing is, these, these headlights were fucking well over 55 watt draw. These things were thirsty motherfuckers. They were ultimately the low beam headlights on a four headlight car system. And that's why they had terminals for both low beam and high beam. So when we were poor young people who owned vintage Honda motorcycles, we didn't go to the Honda dealer and buy the $55 Honda headlight. We went to the auto parts store and bought the Wagner 1158 or, you know, or the, the 587. And, but you bought that bulb because that was at Napa and that was five bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it did work. Now there's a couple of little glass posts on there, locating posts on the car headlight to make that the car headlight sure is in the right orientation. So it throws the pattern of light on the road the right way. So dumb people would take that headlight and rotate it until the one uh, proboscis on the lantern, the bulb would slide into a notch that's on the headlight holder of the Honda. You are wrong. <laughs> what I would do is I would take my Dremel out and lightly modify the headlight holder in my Honda. So now my headlight could now take those cheap-ass Wagner or GE car headlights and be properly oriented. So I would make two little incisions on my headlight holder that nobody would see and then have a lifetime of $8 bulbs. Sure. Even on a big, beautiful 7-inch headlight on a CB750 or something that would be expensive. You can do that in this situation. This is a standard-sized headlight. You don't need to spend all God's money to it. They also sell conversion kits. We have them here 
that existed. We bought them for the Royal Enfield. So you could plug an H4 bulb into something that was designed to carry an incandescent bulb that was basically a source of, a source of light, but more source of heat. Now, this is where it gets kooky. If Before you, I get to say it, I, yeah. I think what Cinch is saying about rotating that, that headlight yeah. a little bit yep. is definitely something he wants to do. Oh, yeah, 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 for real. It does need a quarter turn one way or the other. It yeah, does, when you it, take it out. It yeah. doesn't feel like it, even, like, even on a Kawasaki or anything from that era, it feels like you should be able to pull it out or no. do something. You think can. that you can yeah. lift the bottom out and it'll just pull out, yep. but you can't. You pull the bottom out and you have to rotate it a tiny bit. And and the way they did yeah. it with the, the... And that's why I've broken them. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, and when the, the way they pressed them, mm-hmm. when you go to put it back, it's a pain in the dick to get Hell, it to go back yes in. yes, it is. It's like it only has one position where it'll actually slide behind yes. the other part. Absolutely. And if you don't get it there, you're just fucking with the thing And for you know an what? Hour. And very much like a lot of Japanese motorcycles and Japanese cars, mm-hmm. there's one fucking way. Yeah, that's And it. if you try to do it the wrong way and press it, you'll crack the housing. Yep, done. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to push it harder and get that screw in there and then snap. Yeah. So take your time and do it right. Buy another whole headlight and shell <laughs> so that you can practice this <laughs> on the <laughs> Don't be afraid to throw money at the problem. So your <laughs> if your battery that you're using, and like he says, he's got an AGM. So let's just let's clarify for people. That means absorbed glass mat. And absorbed glass mat does not mean you get a fancy battery. Mm. Uh, Twenty years ago it did. To go get one of those clear batteries that they have that are new old stock, so it matches the the right year of bike. You know the the Red Wing shock kind of a battery of shock. I think of their GS, their GS with the blue writing on it. That's nice. That's a that came out of probably a um, a dream. Came out of a baby dream. It's nice and thin. One sixty. So that's a six volt battery Jeez. that came out of a one sixty dream. Now, some of them are clear, clear. Like Absolutely. If you get the GS. The GSs, yeah, totally clear. But so these lead-acid batteries, you know, that whole thing is you can see because the cases, there's a reason that the lead-acid batteries had the translucent case or the transparent case. That's it's, a good battery. It is a good battery. It's actually a good battery. Yeah. yeah. So that's the factory battery that came in I that motorcycle. by the smell, the feel, the look of the battery. The taste. The taste, yeah. <laughs> so... That, that archaic bit of technology right there, because you could look through that battery and you could see how much sulfites were in it. You could see if there was dark at the bottom, if it was loaded up with sulfites and the plates are arcing out against each other. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. And when you get into those yellow and clear GS batteries of the, of the olden days, they're fun because they're, they're perfectly clear. You can see all the growth and stuff growing on your battery plates. Now we're going to go to the absorbed glass mat, modern, more modern technology. It is a fiberglass mat and your electrolyte literally gets absorbed so that this battery now can be inverted and not have the, the delicious, delicious electrolytes come out and burn holes in your pants. Or your bike. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I had a the the pair of jeans that I wore when I was uh, volunteering here for a while. These were new. Yeah, all my that the, the jeans that I wore here for yeah. those two months. Yeah, I, I didn't know what was going on. I yeah. pulled them out of the the yeah. dryer, and I'm like, yeah. "What the fuck are all these little holes everywhere?" Yeah, you thought you had moths. I know, and then I'm like, "Oh, you know what? It was probably all the battery acid I was putting in batteries." Exactly. And so these were brand new fucking Duluth Trading Company pants. That's just not cheap. No. And so you know what happened is somebody mm-hmm. prepped a battery yep. and set it on a chair oh. 
They dropped uh, a little dribbly, dribbly. And they didn't do good housekeeping. Yeah. Now, John has worked with me. You've worked with me. Mm-hmm. I am NASA clean room status when I'm doing batteries. Yeah. Like, I seriously, if I see any moisture, first thing, taste test. Yep, that's acid. <laughs> Second thing, complete hose down of the area. Yeah. I take the batteries, I hold them under the faucet. You know, they're sealed. And But I have done that. I've ruined so many pairs of clothes. The only way to describe how I have acid burn holes on my pants is that some acid, I mean, some asshole <laughs> had put a battery, yeah. set a battery on something I sat on. Set upon. Right. And customers come into the shop and they're holding these batteries that look like they were taken out of like the Flintstones car. And they're just, they're just corrosion. Yeah. Like the terminals are just covered in stalactites and stalagmites. And they're just handling it like it's nothing. Yeah. They got it under their armpit, right? And they're rubbing it on their shirt. Their hands are covered in, in electrolyte, you know, dried yeah. electrolyte. And they're just like, I'm going to bring this in and give it to you because I don't want to pay that fucking core charge or whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. Great. You just leave that right on the concrete right there and go away. Um, I'm just going to go and, t- and touch all your clothing. No, you're not. You're not coming in my building, sir. In fact, I'm going to go get a garden hose and put it outside because you have got to get decontaminated. Yeah. You are covered in fucking acid, pal. Dude's picking his nose. I don't know why that's a problem. And apparently your parents didn't have any lead paint left on their windows either. Because you're not playing with a full fucking deck. But people don't realize how terrible that shit is. And it will take metal off of metal. And if you are working with, an, his, in this case, he's got an AGM battery. That does not make you immune to the gaseous effects because that battery will be gassing the whole time it's working. You cannot stop it from happening. And those gases are corrosive. I remember uh, I was riding my CB1. Yeah. And my wifey was on the back. And we were on a ride. I don't know if it was a fall colors ride or whatnot. And I, I started hearing this really high pitch. And we rode. We continued to ride and everything. Well, we pulled in at that one bar out, at, out in the middle of nowhere. It's, oh, I forget what the name of it is. The Hitching Post or the Trading like Post? Yeah. yeah. The post. Oh, we love yeah. that bar. Yeah. 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 Other than the Hitching Post or whatever. Yeah. And I get off my bike and I hear this. I'm like, I think that's coming from my bike. And I'm going over the bike and I'm like, I think it's from under the seat. <laughs> so I pull the seat off and my battery is going. Was it an AGM? Yeah. And yeah. So, and so it I was went, venting. I'm like, huh, let me see if my bike will start. Yeah. So what had mm. happened was Johnny Smacklefresh's voltage regulator had gone out. Not the gone out where it won't make voltage. No, it I went the other way. Oh, and it, You had a 24-volt battery. Yeah, so it yeah. had cooked everything out of yeah. that battery. Oh, it no. boiled it out. start. Yeah. What did Johnny Macklefresh do? I'm dying to know. He ripped the top cap off, <gasps> took his beer. You diluted it, your battery? Poured it in the battery. You were a fucking chemist. Smacked the thing back on and started the bike right off. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Hey, you were talking about people eating lead paint. And rode it, all, rode it for the rest of the ride and made it home. Yeah. That's awesome. Damn. That's fucking great, man. But That's so cool. You were talking about people eating lead paint. Yeah. So I picked up a project truck a week ago. And I've been trying to put pieces together to make this thing all nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on, folks. Don't just, you can't just get away with that, make, that statement. 
You cannot just be like, I bought this project truck. Right. Okay. To clarify, this redneck hillbilly piece of shit that you bought. (laughs) Okay. What year? 2005. Not not bad. From this century. Yeah. And it's a it's a Dodge Ram 1500 four wheel drive. And of oh, course, 15, it's an extended cab. No, it's the short six six point four six six foot four inch. No, extended cab, not extended. Oh, bed. yeah, no four door. Yeah, yeah, it's four doors. Quad, quad cab, and it's and it's that old band color champagne. Perfect. Yes. Silver. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most like like Oscar's color. Rav Four. Yeah. The most right. Affordable yeah. Color. The most affordable. It's actually color. it's actually light almond metallic. Thank Is you it light much. almond <laughs> metallic? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! So really, it's light almond metallic. God, I, I bought a quart of paint. It's light almond metallic. So I mean, I mean. Not for nothing, but any other car company in the world would call that some form of gold. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they might said, call it some sort of, you know, platinum or, you know, they would give it a name that isn't beige. A nut. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> beige. So, <laughs> champagne. Be- so, beige glow. Champagne was a big one for a lot of car manufacturers. Yeah. And I could see that being right. That. Champagne. But, so, I've been using my, my Summit discount, which is pretty fucking awesome. And mm-hmm. I got brakes and all this stuff. And so, I paid 1500 bucks for this thing. It's got 97,000 miles. And it starts, everything Wait, works. 97,000? Yeah, that's it. 90, that's it. That's it. Guy died two years ago. I would the never sea. tell somebody to buy a Dodge, but no. you couldn't. I mean, I could sell it tomorrow for more than I. You know. And is it a 5.7? No, 4.7 gas. Oh, okay, 4.7. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Got it. But it is four wheel drive. Right. Everything works, whatever. Right. But um, so the bed, the only thing rusted on it was the bed, like every bed in the history of fucking oh, trucks figure. in Ohio, right? <laughs> so I started looking. I was going to buy rust repair panels and stuff, and yeah. they're three, four hundred bucks, and, and then you got to paint it and do you know, obviously all the work. So I was like, you know what? These beds. And I started finding all these guys that are like, you know, Texas truck beds. They yes. bring them up from Texas, Absolutely. and you can get them, and they're fairly. Yep. So yep. I found fucking a light almond metallic oh, bed in perfect condition. The dude wants like 900 bucks for it. And I'm like, that's nope. an extremely good deal. So I said, hey, I would like to purchase this bed that you have here. He's like, excellent. Can you come today? And I said, well, I'm working today. Oh, and I, oh, no. and I said, uh, oh, you know, actually, no. I'm like, my wife, I didn't want to get into details, but I was like, my wife's on a business trip. She has my car that has the trailer. The right. truck doesn't drive yet. Um, but I'm like, happy. I, I can come today and pay you, and I'll come and pick the thing up on Saturday. I can pay you today. And he's like, I, I can give you the money on. He today. goes, I don't do deposits. It's not a deposit. And I said, exactly. I said, sir, it's not a deposit. I'm willing to pay you the full amount. Paying you in full. And you will have the money. So worst case scenario, you're paid. And then he's like, how do I know you're going to come and get it? You don't. But you have my money. You have my money. So we're cool. And I said, but he's like, I got a new shipment coming in. That I need this gone this weekend. I'm like, do you think that I would give you close to $1,000 and, and not, not come, come and pick, pick it, up? it up? And he's like, he's like, yeah, because I, I do that. He's like, I don't, I don't do deposits. I got a guy coming tomorrow and he just funk it. And that was it. Oh, my God. So I, I found another one, and I'm probably gonna go Saturday and get it in the morning. But like, wow. I don't call that guy though. I mean, if that's yeah, a yeah, better yeah. deal, yeah, yeah, Because yep. he might have just been. He might still right. have it. You call right. him back and be like, "Hey, I'm calling about that champagne." Eight hundred. Yeah, right. I'll give you eight hundred for it. I'll give you eight hundred. I'll be there in twenty six yeah. minutes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, they're yeah. the two places. For some reason, all truck bed from Texas and stuff lives near Circleville, Ohio. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like you're, the pl- you're not wrong. No, yeah, that's like yeah. where all these places are. Yeah, so I might, I might do that. I might just drive down there, and before I buy the one, just call that other guy and be like, hey, I happen to be here. What's up? You know? I, do, I do have to respect Dodge for having the ugliest hood. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Cr- the crosshairs. Oh, there's yeah. nothing attractive about this truck, but if I want to move fucking shit around like now... It. Yeah, I mean, you know. this, I mean, to me, I always thought that these trucks were the living embodiment of 
the fender is very stylized. Mm-hmm. The fender is a very lovely fender. I mean, the the front fender is a good looking fender on that truck. The arches are great. The headlights are actually kind of cool. They have that semi jag where they have a little bit of yeah, a cutout in the yeah. bumper valance. Only for two years. If right. you flash forward a couple more years on, yeah. The, oh, they get sexy. They, they look really nice. Have you seen the TRX but, that just came out? But oh, dude, I was moist. It was. It's nice. It's a good this is truck. one of the first of the trucks where it's like. We just put a gigantic, gigantic fucking schnozzle on the front of this oh, thing. Yeah. Well, they tried For it. no good reason. Well, no, you know what the reason is? It's to look like an F-250? No, they want to look like a semi that got shrunk down. Fair game. Mm. Yeah. But how small is your dick? Because you've got to say... <laughs> well... Right. <laughs> yeah, you know... Yeah. Right. Any <laughs> single one of us has heard of aerodynamics. Yeah. We are aware that to make aerodynamics work, you start with a little thing. Yeah. And then you go to a medium or big thing and then you taper it off again. It should kind of look like look a Look how much cooling it should that look radiator like is gonna have. Poo. <laughs> the radiator is gonna get so much air through it, it can't blow up. Yeah, but it's going to get so much drag on it. I was gonna say it will cause yeah. the hood to open without it's pulling the 15 thing. Fifteen miles of the gallon anyway. Exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing though. <laughs> if they would have styled it differently, it could have got thirty. I I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even here to argue. There is no, I, the giant ridiculous hood, the proboscis, oh, yeah. the ridiculous, <laughs> my nose is this big on my face. Four huge nostrils. Four yeah. gigantic nostrils. Everything about trucks in the United States is broken. Yeah. And if you said, I would like you to fix that abomination, the front of this thing would look like a Buick saber. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen them where it was like a black truck, and they put like a 1958 Packard front end on them. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. And they look fucking sweet. It looks gorgeous. But so the whole thing is, I'm really excited to get this thing driving because I'm going to put flags in the back like all the guys oh, do, no. huge, oh, and it's going to say, no, "Snake no. says, have a nice day." And then uh, <laughs> don't be that guy. Uh, the other one, we just have too many of those in Ohio. Just a big don't smiley tread, tread on me, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be all good yeah. stuff, man. No. So you <laughs> yeah. know, these are pickup trucks that get thirty-five miles to the gallon. Yeah, not mine. Exactly. Right. These are pickup trucks that probably will carry just as much shit as your truck will ever carry. Not for fifteen hundred dollars. Not for fifteen hundred dollars. Twelve thousand pounds. Neither will That's exactly. <laughs> Mine pulls eight. Yeah. 8, uh, yeah they right. won't pull eight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the idea being that aerodynamics can be done. It is, yeah, it is yeah, a yeah, thing yeah. that exists. Yeah. And simply saying that something is a truck. Not in America. Means exactly. That's the problem. Mm. And that's the problem. Wow. Is that every the nose of every truck needs you to look aerodynamics, like. aerodynamics, you go out to like, California. It needs to look like the top of his fucking hat. <laughs> Right, and so if every fucking truck in America looks like the front of his fucking hat, yep. and I think it's because people have been watching the fucking Pixar movies with all those talking cars, <laughs> and they're like, everything needs to know. Don't you shit on Mater? Oh, fucking exactly! Do it's so shit. fucking bad, man. But, but I forgot to tell you guys the best part. So this truck comes from my neighbor found it because his wife works with the lady who was selling it and her husband. All right, they, fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. Their grandfather passed of COVID two years ago, and this was his truck. Okay. And uh, I found the blue, I found the blue <laughs> blockers. So I have an actual pair of awesome blue blocker, like giant glasses that came in the truck. But here's the other best part. So like I, I looked at the rust on the bed, and it didn't look as bad as I thought it was, but yeah. I was, I was going to get into it and find out how much work I had. So as I start peeling it up, it starts coming up, and then the clear epoxy. <gasps> Oh, and wait, it gets better. Oh, 
and the gauze covering the holes that he then epoxied. So he covered. He's great stuff. He, he literally made a band aid. He used gauze yeah. and clear epoxy. Clear epoxy. This guy knew my dad. And then and so that that formed the 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 base yeah. of the repair of the repair. And then the bondo went on, <gasps> but I don't think he used the hardener. Ooh, because it was still jelly? It was still, it ah, smelled like fresh Bondo. <laughs> so just to prove. It was so good. Just because I have to prove that it can be done and we live in the wrong country. Oh, gosh. Just right. because I have to prove that it can be done and we live in the wrong country. Your truck is a three-quarter ton. Yeah. This truck is a one ton. Wow. Which truck would you rather drive? Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that's the idea because if you don't need a truck bed if you like, don't need a truck that you need a ladder to get in and out of because you're like stupid sit up on. yeah like that's up the on. thing there I you like go the space. i mean dude, that's the commanding dude. you want the commanding view of the road that says i sat in it right and like when i drove it down the driveway it had no brakes because i have to fix the brakes so i was careful but i was driving it Dude, I felt so awesome being up there. Yes. I instantly, I instant, out of nowhere, this pack of chewing tobacco would formed you in my that, lip. Would you would say that that was compensating for other shortnesses that you may have had in your life? Well, I've had a small dick for fucking 51 oh, years. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's finally yeah. nice to feel, you know, like I got some power or something. Yeah, you know? and I think that's the feeling every, every, ever, every soccer mom ever had. Right. The first time she got into a Ford Explorer. A Tahoe. A Tahoe, exactly. And I have to be honest, man. I I got out of the cab and I started to rethink my politics. Like, it it was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And you looked, you you opened up the glove box and there was a red hat in there. it's really going to be good for you. (laughs) I do too. Think of all the fun stuff we can pick up in it. Hey. (laughs) I mean, when you have a pickup truck, when you're out junker necking. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. How many flags do you think it'll hold? At least three. Oh, yeah. There's three big ones. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. more drag. That looks like an eight know. flag truck. I don't want to cut down yeah. on your fuel mileage. That looks like an eight flag truck. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, I was going to say, if you're going to do that, you could just troll. Oh, yeah. You uh, could just troll. You, you could just troll. Yeah, you could just troll. Yeah, I still, would. I want to get that step on me, daddy flag. <laughs> the, the snakes in bondage. <laughs> that's going to be the one to fly. Just confuse people. Yeah. I, there's no, there's absolutely no, in my opinion, there's absolutely no reason in the world why pickup trucks need to be so high that I can't load shit into them. Right. I would skip flying a Joe Biden flag and just go straight for the Obama. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I don't like I don't like any politician. I don't but again, no, I do like the idea of the Obama tribute flag because oh, yeah. that's pretty good. Because if you're going to fly Trump flag, which was the 2020, you know, the right. 2020 election, then by all means, Ooh, no, you'll have to fly a Hillary flag. Oh, oh I couldn't do that. Do I, I can't even do that. Oh man, I can't do that. But oh, I would. I would fly. Didn't he want to lock her up for some <laughs> emails? Yeah. Wow, that really looks trivial in the rearview mirror, doesn't it? Would it would be pretty good to say thanks, Obama, and have that just flying back there. The whole uh, time. <laughs> so, if you're trying to trigger people, yeah, right, yeah. game on. But that, like, today I had to load a motorcycle into the back of a pickup truck, right? And if you worked here for two weeks, you would change your outlook on pickup trucks. Yeah. The dude brought a probably a 96 Ranger. That was cherry. I mean, this thing was so pretty. It was perfectly maintained. And I mean, 
It was one of those silver ones with the red and the burgundy interior. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, extended cab or as much as you could get an extended cab in a 96 Ranger. And it was four-wheel drive. Nice. But it still had a tailgate that if you open the tailgate, you could sit on it without a booster seat. <laughs> you could just walk up to this truck and just plop your ass right down on the tailgate and have a beer and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Because it was the height a truck should be, mm-hmm. even a four-wheel drive truck. And when I had to load this guy's motorcycle up into the back of it, I didn't need two ramps, one for me and one for the bike, because it was at a reasonable altitude to planet Earth. So I was able to just put the one ramp in the back of the truck and roll the bike right up in there and make that nice big step into the back of the tailgate and jump right up in the bed of the truck with it and tie it in. And I jumped out of the back of the truck without a parachute. It was cool. It was no problem whatsoever. (laughs) Yet I have people show up here in these fashionable trucks oh, yeah. that left the factory with a six-inch lift kit. I checked. <laughs> on a two-wheel drive truck that should not, for any reason whatsoever, be you know, running 36s. Well, did you see? Somebody just posted uh, something, uh, a little video clip. Yeah. Somewhere in Oklahoma or somewhere like that, they had a big truck gathering, mm-hmm. and all the bro-dozers came out with their, like, you know, 36-inch wheels, but there's only two inches of rubber. It's yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, the big yeah, bro yeah. looking yeah, wheels. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so they all, whatever event was going on, all these dudes parked in a field. Yeah. And then it rained. Oh, no. And so they oh, were like, no. They were like, look at all the, the highway princesses. Stuff. So all these trucks are just like, yeah. yeah. Nobody's going anywhere. Nobody's it's going all anywhere. these giant trucks. And then a guy showed up with a Suzuki Samurai yeah, and pulled everybody with mutters <laughs> on it and pulled everyone out. Without right. ever getting out of his truck. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. That's that's the right way to do it. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. If you if you worked here for a week or two weeks and you loaded up bikes in the back of trucks, you would completely change your outlook. Right. And you'd also understand why it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a, a truck, you know, with a nice eight foot bed on it. And a trailer. And just be able to pull up and like hit a button and just, and yeah. just drop the ass end of the truck out and straight up be able to load without a ramp. I like the trailer. I never want to put a bike in the even if I yeah, had a truck, yeah, no. I'd still, hey, you'd oh, still do trailer. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason. To I'm more I mean, of a You volume. have the reason because you got to put two I was going to say, I'm a volume sales kind of guy. Two in, the, two in the front, three oh, in the yeah. rear. Oh, yeah. I was the old minivan. Pulled, dude, <laughs> I pulled a five-bike run yesterday, three in the bed. Nice. Three in the bed of the truck and two on the trailer. Wow. And that's some shit. Like, that's, you've chosen these bikes wisely. Yeah. So when you've got three in the bed of the truck and two on the trailer you know you're maximizing your work-to-time ratio. Sure. You know? And again, that's another thing. I was like, man, the perfect truck for me would be a truck that I could pull up in front of your house, Mm -hmm. hit the button, it drops the ass end out, and I'm going to load up to five or six bikes in the bed of one vehicle. Well, have you? That's what I was... So when you're getting all... You need to cut the top off a van. Well, no, but I was thinking, you have all Uh these... these, uh, Hearses, right? Right, yeah. So they're already cut out and everything. It's just an El Camino, dude. Yeah, I mean that's it's a ute. That's fine, but it's that's still one motorcycle, two motorcycles really? on its best yeah. day. Okay. Yeah, no, no, why not? Yeah, yeah. The trick is, you know, there are some funny, there are some funny, weird European vehicles that are front wheel drive. It's a van, but it's front wheel drive, so it's real short nose, right. and then the whole back of it is just flat. Yeah, and yeah. because it is not rear wheel drive, the rear axle is just a tag axle. Right, and so it's. It's low. It's lower than a badger's badger. Like it's right on the deck. And when I look at some of those European vehicles, I'm like, shit, I could load bikes sideways. I could pull up in front of your house 
and load onto the, you know, steps. Or what do they call those? Um, the the Corvair Greenbrier had a side loading ramp. Yep. 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 And uh, and that I can't think of the term that they used to market it, but it was like a slope side or a ramp side. Ramp side. It was a ramp side truck. Not a fleet side. No, not a fleet side. It's ramp side. And so the ramp side would be the way to go. I I would do because I would just have wheel chocks. Uh. Mm-hmm. And I could do six bikes loaded right up on there, be front wheel drive, and go do my thing. Mm-hmm. But nobody in this country does something like that. So. You could also just buy a flatbed from one of those companies and just cut a van and put the flatbed behind the front seats. Yeah, yeah. But the, the real problem is those flatbeds all end up being dock height. Wow. And so if you've ever fallen off of a truck while loading a motorcycle, you'll realize that getting it lower to the ground is awesome. Mm-hmm. Because at no point is this vehicle ever going to go off road. Right. So it needs to be able to get in and out of a driveway. That's it. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So you want like a two-wheel drive pickup truck that's already fairly low. The maybe Tacoma was fucking great. Maybe lower it some more. Yeah. Now that was the... Then yeah. a big flatbed yeah. with wheel chocks on Yep. It. The Take Tundra... completely. Yeah. And you could get that much lower if you just had a... Yeah. The 08 Tundra, I took five inches out of the back of that truck. So because they came from the factory stanced out. So it came from the factory with a little bit of a, you know, the back end was jacked up a little bit. Again, two-wheel drive truck with a V6. You're not fooling anybody. Mm-hmm. You don't need the tailgate to be four and a half feet in the fucking air. So I took five inches out of the back and three inches out of the front, which made it perfectly level. Mm-hmm. And it made it perfectly level. And then by putting Bilstein's in it, we could still go over bumps and stuff and not yeah. punish our suspension. Right. And we could still put three quarters of a ton in the back of it without it being a problem. So we had tons of road trips. We put two motorcycles in the back of that thing and go rock out. And wouldn't have a problem and pull a trailer. Mm-hmm. And it looked silly because it's slammed on the ground, so to speak. But man, loading bikes in and out of that thing was a dream. Yeah. But yeah, the access, like not having the sides on the pickup truck so you could get in good tie-down points and everything. Yeah, <gasps> Luxury. Yeah, so it is a funny thing when you load and unload a ton of motorcycles and what works for you. Yeah, exactly. So whatever. Yep. That's exactly right. Whatever yeah. happened to the cyber truck? Wasn't that going to be the deal? Well, again. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's had it's had a lifetime supply of prolong yeah yeah it's coming but not yet <laughs> that's it uh, yeah i don't know when that but when that truck's gonna happen honestly i deal with all the guys across the street who are going to the ford dealership mm. and now that ford has said that their electric platform vehicles are going to be direct to consumer and they're cutting the dealers out of the network they're cutting the dealers out of the equation one, as a guy who runs a dealership right now, I can tell you that's not a bad idea. You can hate me if you like, but I run a dealership for 22 years. I can tell you this is a shell game. This is a scam. This whole thing is a multi-level marketing scheme of the highest order. Speaking of coming, two men broke into a drugstore and stole all the Viagra. The police put out an alert to be on the lookout for two hardened, hardened criminals. Criminals. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Who's the most popular guy at the nudist colony? <gasps> the one who can carry a cup of coffee in each hand and a dozen donuts. Hey! <laughs> God, these are old jokes. <laughs> My God, these are old jokes. He didn't bring anything. Uh, yeah, he didn't hey, print the internet. That's fine. That's They're better than nothing, and that's absolutely right. <laughs> I completely internet. agree. So uh, next month, among the many things that are happening, Oscar and I are going to the America's largest hearse festival. And 
Could not be happier about it. Very much looking forward to it. And if you happen to be a hearse enthusiast... I'm a William Randolph. I know a guy who's married to one of his daughters. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Married into the Hearst, Hearst fortune. Yeah. Uh, how's, how's that for doing all right? Honey, you're beautiful. I love you. You have a great personality. You're so cool. That's great. We should go off and hang out and do cool shit together. That's great. What's your last name? Is it Hearst? That's hilarious. Why did the sperm <laughs> cross the road? Because I put on the wrong sock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, when I when I worked <laughs> many years ago, when I worked at this recording studio, um, it was called Manic and Odd in Aurora, and the owner was uh, an old kind of scummy punk rock dude from uh, Kent State. Oh, okay. And I was like, man, how did he? How did he get this? It was like a ten million dollar recording studio. You know, I was like, That's fair enough. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I went to his house one day, and it was like a five million dollar house. Right on. And then I saw his wife, and she was less than attractive, and he was a fairly attractive guy. Oh, and so okay. I started asking around, and I was working there, and I started asking some of the guys that had been working with him for a while. I'm like, what's, what's the story here? And he's like, well, the story supposedly is he fell in love with this girl, and uh, they dated for a while, and then he found out and was very concerned the fact that her parents own Stone Ridge Enterprises, who make oh. all the wiring harnesses for BMW, Komatsu, and like ah. and other things, and so. Um, you know, he was a little worried about it was going to put a cramp, but he asked her to marry her anyway. So oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Their wedding present was $82 million. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this dude was oh like a little pressure. Yeah. yeah. He, he was like this weird punk rock dude from Kent yeah. that really was into... Uh, he always wanted to be in money. band. So he, like, no, but he literally... <laughs> he would literally hire the Turns people to like come money. in and play in his band, but he also made... He had runes in his, so he made his, his house look like a castle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he built runes like there was another building in his backyard that had been torn down mm. so that it had a gothic appeal. To so it. he had, oh, he had the grounds, he yes. had the master house, and yes. he had the ruins. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my nice. grandparents were in Volant, Pennsylvania, which if you've ever been there, you know is nowhere. Would he mm-hmm. have a Honda rune too? He could have a Honda rune. In the ruins. In the ruins. Yeah. Did you park your rune in the ruins? Yes. But when I was a little kid growing up, my grandmother would refer to, well, and you know, this is Pennsylvania, so, they, so she'd be like, well, why don't y'all want to, somebody just go up there to the estate, and we'll go up to the estate and see if somebody left it up there, because I think we left a batch of them up at the estate. And I was like, wow, they have, <laughs> they have 150 acres of property, and they have an estate? And now to a 10-year-old, you got to see this estate. Yeah. I need to see the estate. And I'm like, and we're there shooting and having a good time and doing all the things you do. And so 10 years old, I'm, I'm going to go find the estate. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm all over this property. And I come back after hours and there's no estate to be found. Right. And I asked my, I asked my, my dad, I'm like, where's the estate? Where's the estate? He goes, well, it's, 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 it's the old house. What old house? What's their old house? There's no old house. There's no old house. There's a foundation of a house. It's worse than what's at Steve's property by far. Like there's no roof on it, but they've been calling it the estate and they have things in the basement that they still routinely go in and get out of the basement in the estate. Oh my God. And they're like, and I was just like, Oh, I thought they had money. They don't have money. As a 10 year old, I knew my dreams were dashed. They had some good moonshine. This is the, uh, this is the overhead shot from last year's 
well, b- the pre-COVID hearsing around. So all those cars are all hearses. <laughs> and if you look over here, this little tiny weird one over there, that's the Japanese uh, ornate hearse that I had, that I brought with me that, that year. So this is the, the Fowlerville Fairgrounds and their event called Just Hearsing Around. So what's the vibe like? <laughs> Pretty like, fucking good, man. Like, So do you like goths? Yeah. Okay. Do you like creepy dead stuff in jars? Sure. Okay. Do you like taxidermy in all of its forms? Do you like taking a regular toy and mutating it and making it into something creepy and fun? Sure. Okay. So that's the vibe. That's all so I- if you like all that, do you like rockabilly music music infused with goth, a.k.a. psychobilly? Of course. Well, then you're going to be very, very happy. Really? Would you like to eat pulled pork and brisket out of a device called the Cascateria? Probably not, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> risk it out of your ass <laughs> out of the cascateria yes but they have the cascateria which is a number of caskets that are converted into roasters how many people that attend this already have halloween decorations up oh game on All of them. in fact if you go to your home depot and can't find a 12 foot tall skeleton yeah it's because these people have a network to buy them yeah they will drive 300 miles to go buy the 12 foot tall skeleton from yeah, your home depot did. for 300 dollars uh, yeah they did but it is so fun and that's Everything is from, you know, Ghostbusters cars and silly stuff like that to hearses that are like straight up 1100 horsepower shooting flames and shit to like perfect exotic, like perfect 1959 Cadillac Eldorado hearses. So how are are yours accepted? Quite well. In fact, they've added a certain line to the flyer this year that is in kanji. It's in Japanese. So to welcome Japanese hearses, they've now made me very happy by putting a line on the flyer that is in kanji. So I thought that was really fucking funny. But it is, it is, it is fun, and you'll get to see just, just the vanity license plates are the best. Mm. You could just go there and have fun looking at vanity license plates and like last responder and all kinds of diff, you know obvious stuff that's six feet under, six feet right. under. Right. It never stops being funny. It's just fucking great. So this is the uh, this is the this is the flyer for this year's event, and you'll see that there's the kanji up here, right above yeah. the Hearstfest. So uh, I thought that was pretty nice of them too, and you know, send me a little uh, on the poster. There's just a little a little a little guy a little gag in there that only one guy gets. Yeah, but I thought that was pretty cool. Hey so, Bill, are you coming? Because we made a little thing for you. I lo- yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like I wonder if the guy with the weird Japanese hearse is going to come back, and what they don't know is I'm coming back. But I'm bringing a bigger hearse (laughs) and I'm bringing more of them. So, and then what we're going to do is we're going to make this thing really fun because we're going to go out Friday night and then sneak off from uh, Fowlerville and we're going to do a a one and a half hour road trip to Grand Rapids and go to what is my opinion is probably America's greatest tiki bar. And so we're going to go to Max's South Seas Hideaway. It's got a whole boat in it. So, uh, yeah, wow. and you'd like that because all the booze in that oh, bar tastes better. Be better. <laughs> it has to be. No, <laughs> fucking seasoned. Yeah, um, that is absolutely true. Uh, the bar, the the bars, plural at this place are fucking great. So let me ask you this. Yeah. So we had a whole discussion that turned into insanity. Yeah. Talking about all the games that take place at Bandcamp. Yes. Are there any games that take place at just hearsing around? There are not games, but there are very interesting uh, 
auctions and and you know and there's a lot of like exchange of goods and and is anybody and currency. bring like a corpse or a fake corpse or no anything? no 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 there's plenty of fake corpses don't get me wrong there's a shit ton. there are more than one go-kart casket go-karts oh, i hope so yeah, yeah and that's fun and a really creepy guy driving it around um <laughs> it is a very good place but like we figured out gothic like gothic creepy creepy gothy stuff is very strange when it's like 87 degrees in direct sunlight. Yeah. It is not yeah. compatible. So I have... <laughs> makeup's melting. Well, I have purchased a couple of umbrellas. I see that. So we've got a couple of interesting umbrellas so that if it is hot and fucking miserable, we can still be like... And, and what cool is, is going to be uh, your and Oscar's attire? Well, I have a I have a black jacket that is like the adamant like uh, oh yeah i've like seen that the yeah, yeah. Oh, jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh so it, and on the back it says godzilla response team okay. in japanese <laughs> but oscar seems to be the right size for the life-size godzilla yeah. suit yeah i can, uh, I can the inflatable that. godzilla suit might be the right size air for conditioned it yeah, is air it conditioned is. too yeah it is. I, can so totally rock that. I think we might have to rock the godzilla suit maybe yeah. every couple hours gotcha. i was yeah. thinking about getting a, a king kong suit too uh, and we could chase go. each other around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that might be fun. So anyway, uh, so I think we're going to take two. Maybe we'll take three hearses. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll what was the big goes. turtle? <gasps> with the the turtle with the the flame. Gamora. 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 Yeah, Gamora. Yeah, yeah. That Gamora. Guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mothra. Mothra. Gamora. Rodan. Mothra. Right. Yeah. So. I'm, oh yeah. I I love that shit growing yeah, up. Yeah, me too. And you know what's funny? Godzuki can suck a dick. What's that? Godzuki can suck. Oh, a Godzuki dick. can suck. Oh, the little oh. fucker. Yeah. Godzuki. That was so fucking. No. Yeah. That that was dumb. And you know what? Not since <laughs> Scooby Doo. Oh, Scrappy Doo. Not since Scrappy Doo. Yeah, something ruined. And some Ewoks. Yeah. Has it been so obviously yeah. just fucking garbage? Who was the the so only bad. other guy that's probably worse than him was the Misa guy, remember Jar Jar? Yeah, Jar Jar. Jar, Jar, Jar. We don't talk about Jar Jar. It doesn't exist. We don't it's talk about Jar Jar. No. Talk about Jar Jar. No, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck that shit. All right, anybody got anything else? Oh, oh fucking Astro uh, Man, Astro Man, Ultraman. Astro Man, Ultraman. Man. Yeah. yeah, Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, Ultra, yeah. yeah well, Astro Boy and Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, Ultraman and Astro Boy. Yo, during. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, during that period, there was a movie that disturbed the fuck out of me. Like this, mm-hmm. the, this it was something to do with the flying turtle. It was that one of the flying turtle movies. Okay, but this girl and this guy were kind of like this, they were younger kids and they yeah. were kind of forming a bond. Yeah, the girl runs and then somebody smashes her head with a fucking rock. And I just remember being so sad. That was I was like, I was watching this monster movie and this girl gets killed. And I'm yeah. like, oh. nice. yeah, nice. Yeah. Was that Johnny Sacco or something? Was no Johnny of- Sacco is another one. But he looks like that. Uh, different. Yeah. Okay. Right. But yeah, so, but that's, yeah, that's all that man. right era and the right stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's fucking cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's badass. All right. So are we guys done with this podcast? I think we're yep. done with this podcast. Hey, man. Two yeah. hours. Two hours on the money? Yeah, Two I hours approve, of, I approve of all that. High quality H2O. Look, <laughs> I had to describe the podcast to somebody the other day because I was a little scared that they might listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to understand, guys. Sometimes people come in here and they don't know what's going on. Mm. And then in their in their search for more information about the person they're about to give $10,000 to, they will type Cleveland Moto into the old Googler and they'll hit en- they'll hit enter or they hit search and they'll inevitably find the fucking podcast. And I always kind of have a little thing like, "Ah, you heard the podcast. That's great. Oh, that's so cool. I'm sorry." <laughs> and I just give that, you know, apology. And then usually what comes down is like no, no, you know, it was, it was, it was all right. It was okay. It was great. 
It was cool. I can back this up. And here's the thing is, I know when I'm being fucking pandered to, okay? <laughs> I'm 53 fucking years old. I've been divergent my entire life. You don't need to piss down my back and tell me it's raining. If you were offended, just say you were offended. If you say that you were that one listener that we had for one moment and we're never going to have that person back again, I totally fucking get it. I'm going to expect you don't have two hours of your fucking week to listen to this garbage when there are literally (laughs) 93 million podcasts. Dude, I got an email from my big boss that I've never talked to before. Yeah. That said, podcast, like to talk to you. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, God. (laughs) I was like, oh, God, what's going to happen? He's like, hey, man. We're thinking about really juicing up our podcast, and I listened to a couple episodes, and you guys really, yeah, it sounds great, uh, you know, the, the way you guys talk and don't step on each other, and I'm like, so I'm thinking, like, okay, so you didn't really listen to the content. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, but I walked into that meeting like, well, it was a good run. <laughs> it was oh, a good shit, run moment. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about animal husbandry, <laughs> as long as it's not the podcast. <laughs> Fucking great, man. It is a thing, and it's a it's a very funny thing when that happens, and it's yeah. respectable people, or when my wife goes into her job <laughs> and somebody says something <laughs> like, "Oh, we we heard we didn't know that you're." That's the setup. The primer is this: we didn't know your husband had a podcast. Oh, jeez, yeah. ouch! <laughs> and we leave this shit set up. So if you come into the showroom, you come into the shop, you see this rig, and you see this rig, and people that are you know you know bike curious, they see this and they're like. You guys, what's do, up with that? You, yeah. What do you, what do you do? Well, we do a radio show, mm-hmm. and then you're like, Oh, yeah, we do a podcast and whatever. And then they're like, Well, what's it about? I don't <laughs> What do you fucking think it's about? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Crocheting, and yeah, I will go back to my standard standby decoy ducks, yeah, yeah, <laughs> decoy ducks, yeah. If you Rose. ever want to perplex somebody, just tell them straight up that you're just super deep and heavy into decoy ducks. 150,000 downloads a week about decoy ducks, about maybe. decoy fucking ducks, and it is the funniest thing in the world, but. Again, it is not necessarily a motorcycle podcast. No, no, it's not. It's more of a just a, a free form kind of thing. Uh, that's it. Anybody got nothing else? Good. Let's get the fuck out of here. Ride fast and take chances. Fantastic, 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 fantastic